Hi, I'm Becca Otis from Five Lines Pottery in Indianapolis, Indiana. And I'm Ryan Durbin from RD Ceramics located in Southgate, Kentucky. And welcome to Wheel Talk. Hey guys, we've loved answering all of your questions so far. If you'd like to hear your question on the podcast, please send them to us on Instagram at Wheel Talk Podcast or by email to wheeltalkpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks. And I apologize, I haven't been paying attention because I really need money. So I'm just... What do you mean paying but attention? I was kind of aloof. And now... Are you talking about in the last, like, five minutes? Yes. Oh. <laughs> but now I'm a little bit better because I sent out like, an email campaign. Today, the last I was going to say, the more important what. question is, did you make the money? <laughs> I don't know yet. That's like... That's to be I'm, determined. That's to be determined. I got to do an Instagram post, too. I'm sure people are sick of me being like, buy my shit. Um, I'm well, sick of being like That's kind of our family. job, though, to an extent. <laughs> I know, and I have an issue with it. Yeah, that's fair. It's just you get like, more comfortable the more you post, right? I don't, No, but I mean, like, okay, this is actually good. Like, I... Should we say who we're talking with before we go into it? Oh, sure. I guess. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Welcome. Hope. <laughs> Welcome. And I want to say your last name is Lemyansky. Is that how you say yeah. it? Yeah. No, you Lemyansky. nailed it. I'm pretty Lemyansky. sure that was because I talked to you at Nsika and I asked you that. Oh. But. Oh. What is it? Is it Polish? Yeah. Yeah. I'm Polish, okay. German, and Russian. Wow. Yeah. I'm just all of it. That nice. seems... Never mind. Continue. Have you been have you been to any of those areas? I know it's your husband's family, but have you been to any of those areas before? Oh, well actually okay. the Lemansky is my maiden name. Um I married a Smith. Oh, okay. That's yeah, not so exciting I, at all. No, that's why I hyphenated. I love him, but he is so boring, his name at Smith. least. So Hope Smith. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, no one can Google that and find anything about me, which maybe is good. He liked that element, um, mm-hmm. but I want to be a little more Googleable, so I kept I think the Lemansky. That's good. You know, fun- it's funny because like most of us don't want to, you know, most of us like don't need to be Googleable, mm-hmm. you know, and or generally, you know. Yes. Generally, you don't really want to be Googleable, and we're all like. Mm-hmm. How we make our name known. Yeah, I mean, once you pick that name, that Instagram name especially, you're like, all right, that thing is not changing. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty, yeah. I mean, I think I had one friend who, like, she really considered her Instagram name of, like, do I use my maiden name? I think she went with her middle name or something like that. And mm-hmm. um, I was just always like, no, Nancy's so cool. I'm not giving that up for anything. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Nice. I really like I my last name, it. too. I wouldn't. I don't really have any prospects for marriage, but um, if <laughs> if I did, I'd want to keep my last name. Yeah, it's Otis. I, yeah, you have. I would say you have a good last name, and yours is easier to spell out than mine too. So I feel like it's very good. Yeah, and say. <laughs> yeah. So no, you have, but it's like unique enough. It's not a Smith where you're like one of mm-hmm. the bajillions. Oh, for sure. 100%. So if you all go out to dinner and you tell them a name, mm-hmm. do you tell them Lemiansky or do you tell them Smith or do you just? No, no I tell them Smith or my family when we go out 
it always says like Lemmy because that's easy or Lim or Lynn or some variation of it. Okay. My my wife's family, they go out, their last name is Insminger. So they go by like Taylor or something. (laughs) When they go to dinner, they have like a a dinner name. So they give them something easy and they go by that. So I thought it was Harpet. Well, that's her. That's her her parents, but her aunt and uncle. Oh, ew. Yeah, that's kind of a hard name to, yeah. to remember. So. Yeah. I like okay. that they have a cover story, though. Like, for some reason, I'm like, that makes them way more fun than my family. <laughs> yeah, it's just that you could just choose whatever name, right? I mean, they're not going to be like, show me your ID. Like. I guess that's true. Give me whoever yeah. you want. I'm going to be Otis. You really could. Yeah. 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 You could be you could be Sky. Sky party of four or whatever. Yeah. That'd be good. I don't know that they've ever used Sky, but honestly that makes a lot more sense than Lim or Limmy or whatever we go. I with. like Limmy though. Limmy's an odd last yeah. name. Sounds like a good deep. dog name, Limmy. Limmy. That's yeah. that makes it less cool. Um <laughs> in this moment. <laughs> I think that's a selling point. If it can be a good dog name, it can be. <laughs> I suppose. Anyways, welcome. Thanks for joining oh, hi. us. Hi. Having you yeah. here. Do you want to tell us like a uh, like a, a a little blurb about yourself? Uh, tell, sure. Tell. We usually tell people to like two minutes or so or whatever. You okay. don't have to get into your whole background. You know. This is the story of my life in two minutes. It'll be yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, hi. I am an artist working out of Atlanta, Georgia. I'm also an educator. I currently teach um, grades 7 through 12, which is a little bit strange, but I my school used to be a military school, so we are 7, 8, and then high school, which is a little weird. Not a lot of schools do that. Um, not a military school anymore either. I should clarify that part. So yeah, I teach seven through 12. Primarily I work with the high schoolers though. I teach like one section of um, middle school um, every year, which is really fun and I enjoy that a lot. And then I make my own art on the side full time as well. Um, And trying to think what else is there interesting to know about me? I have a bachelor's of fine arts degree in ceramics. I actually don't have a degree in education at all, which I think is a little surprising to people. Um, usually to work in a school, you need some kind of a certification or something like that. And I, I don't have any of that. I went straight from my BFA program into teaching at my school because it's a private school. So that you actually don't need to have any form of the certification. Um, and that was a really nice perk, but I have actually been teaching for a while prior to that. I, in high school, started apprenticing at a local art studio where I was teaching every Friday night. That tells you a lot about who I was in high school that I was like, Oh, you're teaching in high school. Oh, I was, I had this woman reach out to me and she was a family friend and she's like, Hey, it was my freshman year of high school. She said, I I know you've barely taken any ceramics, but I'm teaching this like middle school class every Friday. Do you want to come and volunteer? And I, I can like teach you how to be a ceramics teacher. And I was like, great, sounds good. So I volunteered pretty much every Friday night of my entire high school career. Um, and I was at that studio and then I would also go to that studio during the week to take classes too outside of school. So I was doing a lot of ceramics. Um, and then 
after maybe a year or two of apprenticing, they hired me to do the summer camp. So I was teaching every summer. Um, and I kept that summer teaching job all the way through high school. So by the time I had actually graduated, sorry, all the way through college. Yeah. So by the time I actually graduated college, I had been in a teaching environment for like eight years at that point, four wow. really as an apprentice and four as like a lead summer. Um, yeah, there's nobody teacher. coming out of college with eight years of experience teaching. Like, <laughs> how what? old are you? I, how old do you think I am? I won't be. I think you're probably our age. You're probably like 30 or 31, I would suspect. I think you're younger. I think you're 25. 25? 27. 27. We were right. We, yeah. We, we missed average. it on both ends. Yeah. Even close though. The general bar part. Sometimes my kids will ask how old I am, and I'll ask them to guess, and they'll say like 60. So I'm happy. S to they say 60? What? Are these the seventh graders or are these the? The 10th or 12th graders, like usually the seventh graders, the 10th or 12th graders will say like a solid like 45. So, oh my gosh, they kind of know how old their parents are. So, they're like, How old do they look in relation to my parents? Or maybe yeah, they don't even know how old their they, parents are. No, yeah, they don't, they don't know how old their parents are. <laughs> okay, so maybe you shouldn't feel that bad about them saying 60. Like, <laughs> no, and honestly, it's a compliment because I'm like, well, you don't think I'm a high schooler, so like, I'll take that. That is solid. Oh, for sure. You get some, you get some respect with that. Hopefully, it's like, you know. yeah. Oh yeah, my first couple years of teaching, I was like mortified that like sometimes parents would come over and they would think I was a student, and um, even though the students are in uniforms, but I would still get like, I would get in trouble in the hall sometimes from other teachers that were like, oh, are you just supposed to be out here right now? And I'd be like, oh, I work here. I can do whatever I want, allegedly. You have like um, a teacher's allegedly. badge or like a teacher's pen or something? <laughs> I did start to wear my name tag a lot that first year because I was trying to assert that like, look, I'm here. I'm one of you. I'm in the club. <laughs> mm -hmm. You come in the teacher's lounge. I don't know if that's still a thing, a teacher's lounge, but it's like you come oh, in and they're yeah. like, are you, are you supposed to be I've never gotten kicked out of the teacher's lounge. I will say that much. But um, graduation, I usually get congratulated, which is just, I'll take it, you know. Yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah, I'll take it as long as I can get it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Do you like teaching? I mean, I know you're teaching. I know you're teaching. I know you like it in some level, but like. Yeah. Would you say it's a quote unquote passion? Um, I would say teaching itself, yes. Teaching in a school, not necessarily. Yeah. Um, because I think that I've always loved teaching. I'm I have dyslexia, so for me, learning was very difficult. So I think because of that, I've loved giving people like the aha moment or like explaining yeah. something in a way that like clicks for them, and that stuff is like so rewarding. And I'd say I'm very passionate about learning um but i don't know that i'm passionate necessarily about teaching in a school setting because i think there's a lot of other stuff that comes with that but like i always love the actual act of teaching is it the the grading and the the parent interactions and the the fellow teacher interactions and you're in a department so you have expectations from a department level is it just all of that stuff that's just noise kind of well, I wouldn't say parents, to be honest. I've had really phenomenal relationships with parents, um, and, and I like a lot of my coworkers, too. But I do think, you know, entering the grading element, I'm not huge into that. <laughs> mm -hmm. I think there are some people that love writing a good rubric, and that's just not, um, that's yeah. not me. 
but in the in the teacher community that there are some people that are super passionate about that and I love that for them but that's not really like my favorite thing to do um but I mean I think teaching comes with a lot of other stuff teaching in a school um because you know there's like clubs that you're in charge of in addition to the classes that you're teaching and then um you know it's a pretty tight schedule as well like there's not a lot of freedom with like <laughs> I am in that door at seven and I do not leave until usually like four or something like that. Um, yeah. So, and some people like absolutely love that routine. I think I'm a little bit more flexible, but I do like that we have summers. So I do get my time to be more yeah. flexible, I guess. So how many students are, are we talking here throughout that day and how many classes? Throughout a day, I probably see like, probably like 50 if we don't count my homeroom, which is really big. So yeah, I mean, my classes are pretty small. I usually it seems pretty manageable. Oh yeah, I teach five classes a day. Each one has between twelve to fifteen kids, which okay. is very small given like typical public school standard. I mean, I have friends that are teachers, and their their classes are like thirty. So. Yeah. What are your What are the graduating class sizes? One hundred fifty, hundred. I think like two hundred. Okay. Yeah. Something like that. My entire school was 100 people, so. Did you like that? I went to a small Christian private school, but it was like a poor private school. Mm-hmm. And um, it was fine. I always wanted to go to a public school. I think that I would have, but my mom, like, kept me in the private school because she knew that if I did that I'd probably, like, do drugs or something. But, like. <laughs> if you weren't in the private school? Yeah, because the school should enforce not allowing that kind of stuff. And <laughs> well, yeah. it's just like more of a, I would say like more of a, you know, it's like a Christian private school, so it's like more sheltered individuals, and you always have like the people that do the drugs and stuff. Like, actually, Christian schools tend to be the worst uh, for that hush, kind hush. of stuff. But or it's not in school, I guess. Yeah, but um. Yeah, it's just, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it was fine. It was, I mean, it's not like I look back at my school and I'm like, wow, that was a great experience. Yeah. Like, my mom worked there, you know, the stuff. Yeah. Yeah, when I went and visited uh, Ryan Reich out in California, he's in, uh, I can't remember what the school district area was, but it's kind of near Anaheim. And he had like... 30 students in his school in, in his class. And then he had, you yeah. know, another 10 or so wheel students. So it was a really big class. He's in Valencia. Valencia. Okay. Uh, yeah. So okay. he, he actually teaches at the high school that one of my best friends went to, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. It was a really, and they had two ceramic classes going on at the same time. So like they had two <laughs> teachers and yeah, you know, they, they had a joining room in the middle where all the kilns mm-hmm. were and the storage shelves and stuff. So there were a lot of students yeah. going through there. That's like a rich high school. Like that's like a Is it? I, I thought can't... it I thought the one that Kowalski taught at was the higher end was school. Was richer? And Ryan Reich is not as much. I don't know, but Valencia is just nice regardless. Like <laughs> But yeah, it was it was a really nice classroom and stuff they had like good options but i mean ryan's pretty like on his feet about tools and stuff like making his own tools and kind of 
getting scrappy with like what he needs and stuff because there's like tools aren't cheap and when you got so many students to account for and like it can't it can like not be as it's uh it's a little expensive when you get to yeah need everything for all the students so hey you got you got a sale i heard it i got one congratulations what was it i'm nosy let's look (laughs) it was it was for that but that's okay are you kidding me this is some good energy i think i mean yeah that's true (laughs) it was for studs and it was for three larger size studs one in bluegrass one in awkward and one in melancholy so blue green and pink how much money are we talking here though does it say 55 dollars that's what i'm talking about very nice Uh, that's with the sale she got 12.60 off Nice. How'd she get 1260 off? Oh, wait, because you're running a sale. Ignore me. Yeah. Mystery box sale? What? Mystery box sale? No, I did mystery boxes last week. This is what we were talking about. I'm like trying to sell my life away. And I've every week I'm like, God, how am I going to make money this week? And I just need to make like $800 a week. But that is a lot of money to make. That's a lot of money. Yeah. Especially going week to week, just, like, trying to figure it out. Yeah, and I'm, like, trying to get to the point where my Etsy is is free. You know, it's, like, self-revolving, I suppose. And and I know it's going to take time, but it's just, woof. It's just a lot. Yeah. So what's, di- so what's different being on the teacher side of, did you, I can't remember if you said that you actually did take ceramics in high school. I think you did say you did mm-hmm. in high school. So what's different about you being on the teacher side of it? Kind of mm. thinking back to where you were a student in high school and kind of how you related to that teacher. Yeah. I mean, I, when I was in high school, I had like two years of high school with one teacher and then like my second two years was with a different teacher. So we got a new teacher halfway through my high school experience. And, um, both of them, I can honestly say, had way too much trust in me, which was great for me as a kid. Like, they were letting me load kilns, which, like, I would not let my students load a kiln unsupervised. But they yeah. let me do it, and it was great, and I had a great time. <laughs> so, um, I mean, it's... Were they doing that because they were short-staffed, or they didn't have enough time to do that kind of stuff? So they kind of, like, trusted certain students to well, help I out? Well, I think it was more of, I'm... I just really like to do activities. And so it was probably good that they just were like, all right, Hope can do it. Here you go. I go off and play in the back room and get it done. <laughs> so, <Nice>. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know that they necessarily needed me to do it as much as they were like, oh, you want to? Okay, well, here you go. So. Yeah. But that gives I, you some confidence too. Like, especially when you're, you know, you're very limited in those settings. Yeah. Usually you're like, okay, I just know how to throw on a wheel. Like, and we might have thrown clay in the pug mill and like mm-hmm. pugged clay, but that's about it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I definitely would say I learned the most from taking classes outside of school. Um, Cause you know, in school you have your one hour time, I think it's less than hours, probably like 45 minutes or something. That's what we had. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and I think we had it four days, five days a week, maybe probably five days a week still, but um, really short time slots. And, you know, I'm super, glad that I had parents that were like oh you like the arts well 
we'll let you pursue that and help you in what ways we can. So yeah. um, they were pretty quick to allow me to take classes outside of school, which was honestly like where I would say like the vast majority of my work ended up being made because I could go and I could spend like three hours in the studio like consecutively and and you just don't get to do that in high school you know Mm -hmm. and I Mm -hmm. feel like with ceramics it's so hard to have like 45 minutes here and then in in that same amount of time clean up and set up and do all that stuff and then break it all down and you know and you're in a uniform in your school so yeah staying clean yeah well my kids get creative at least on the wheel um a lot of them will bring in nightgowns it's a big tradition now to go to walmart with your class and to get a nightgown and then they'll throw it over their whole uniform and then they'll throw in their nightgowns and they look like old ladies and it's fantastic (laughs) that's amazing (laughs) i mean it works out well i have a group of boys right now that bring an entirely new change of clothes every day and they're really fast about it too so they'll change into like gym shorts and stuff and then come back in so yeah we work. have uh i was a i went to a catholic high school and it was like shirt and tie every day yep so we, we usually you'd have like a undershirt and just wear like a t-shirt or something or we'd have yeah. the big aprons that were hopefully big enough to cover so you wouldn't get it messy and stuff because yeah i mean i, I went do to a fortress in school off, so <laughs> all we had to do was make sure that we didn't have low-cut t-shirts <laughs> I would say I went to public school. We were very big on like how many how many fingers you could fit in your strap or whatever. Like, oh yeah, it had to be at least three or four, maybe four. Yeah, like you could wear a t-shirt basically, but not no like tank tops. That was a big deal. And it has to be like four inches down from mm-hmm. the collarbone. Mm-hmm. And no, if your fingers touch your thighs, your shorts have to be shorter than. Yeah, that was my dress yeah. code. Yeah. yeah. No, I had pretty much the same. I got dress coded. A good amount because I'm tall and it was like I how tall are you I'm five nine I did not see I did not did I you meet her at Encino yeah but I was sitting down so I probably yeah, didn't like was... notice oh okay yeah yeah you know, I get that a lot surprisingly a lot of people think I'm much shorter than I am but yeah I've pretty much been five nine since like <laughs> my freshman year of high school <laughs> So here's a question is since you're five, nine is your wheel propped up or do you sit or do you sit down That's a good and question. Like hunch over? I, I do. My wheels not propped up on anything. Um, but I, I don't hunch a ton while I throw anymore. Um, I think I used to be more of a huncher and now I kind of like, I guess kind of like I am now it's like a slight mm-hmm. arc, but I'm not like, all the way over like I right, right, right. I used to. Yeah. Yeah, bend at the waist and then you're like, eh, use a lot of arm strength. Yeah, but when my husband throws, I have to put it on stilts because he's like six five. So Shit. he'll die. Wow. <laughs> well he won't die, but he has back problems. So okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Wow. Do you have an yeah. adjustable seat? That can help, but Yes. Um, and I learned, I, this is random, but I feel like I need to share this with the world because I just figured it out recently. Instead of buying those Shimpo stools that are adjustable, that are really great, but they're like super expensive per stool, mm-hmm. you can get shower stools and they're literally the same item, but they're way cheaper and they're adjustable. And I don't know how I didn't know about that until yeah. this year, but it's that is a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I always got the stools from Ikea, like the kids stools. 
Mm-hmm. And they adjust. Uh, and they're very comfortable. I didn't know they adjusted. Some of them do. Like, there was a chair that was, uh, it was like a $10 chair. And it adjusted. And they were perfect for the wheel. Are they padded? No. No. Kids don't <laughs> need pads on their seat. <laughs> I like padded. I <laughs> I'm weak. <laughs> I have the speed. I have the speed ball one that's adjustable with the like kind of the little arch in the back, and it kind of tilts forward a little bit. Yeah, I, I like that one, but I don't. I stand and throw, so I don't really use it. But the ergonomic good and throw in a while. Yeah, I think I I used to like standing for a minute, and then I like I just all my tables are too wobbly that I was sitting mm. on, so then I went back to the floor. That's I fair. just have mine propped on cement blocks. That's a like smart idea. Like cinder blocks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and you can stand them upright. You don't have to like lay stack them or anything. You just stand it upright. They're sturdy enough. As long as you're not like shoving it or something. Like, right. I don't know what kind of yeah. wheel you have, but it, it most wheels are pretty heavy, so they're not they're not gonna like move. Yeah. Yeah. That might not look. I don't know. You should try it and do a video on it. I don't know if you've done a video on. I standing. will. I have I'm really nervous to do any form of videos that gives anything that could be taken as medical advice <laughs> like really? I, I just, yes I can totally explain why I'm weird about that though it's because my husband's in insurance and so it's like I'm so worried about getting in trouble for some for something about like um you know giving out poor advice because like people always ask like well can you do like stretches or like something like that and I'm like I guess, but like I'm not technically trained in that, so like, can I? I don't know. You know we're gonna be, get. You know, we're screwed, Ryan. Is if you do, <laughs> if you do that, and then like have not pottery husband like spit his little spiel like they do at the end of mm-hmm. those medical commercials with oh, the like, we could do a full blah, 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 blah. like he could do yeah, that yeah. at the very end, and it's like his voice, and it's <laughs> oh, that would be hilarious. Oh, that's a good idea. A, yeah, a disclaimer, and you could just yeah. add it on every time. Can I just say also that I think that you, obviously you're a teacher, but I think that you're a very good teacher. And I think that it's hard to teach. Um, as somebody who also teaches, it is hard to um, find people that are actually good at explaining what things are doing. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. yes. Do you think you've got that from just doing the Instagram content a lot or is it is it the teaching students in person that's kind of guided that that's a good question so I guess I got into the Instagram stuff because we were at in the pandemic and um, I was teaching virtually and I realized that my students had the attention span of TikTok Um, Mm -hmm. and like most of us did too like adults included everyone was like sitting on long calls was really challenging. Mm -hmm. Um, So I started to think about like, are there ways I can condense my content into short, easily digestible, like sound bites where it's like, oh, if you can pay attention for the same amount of time as a TikTok, which was like 60 seconds when it started, then like, you know, can I reformat things in that way? And that's kind of how Instagram started for me was playing around with that concept and seeing if I could condense and make it like, straight to the point and basically cut out all of the the stuff that would make my kids fall asleep in the middle um so yeah that's how it got started um 
And now I would say that after doing so many Instagram videos, I definitely think it made my teaching better because I can look at a lesson and I can pretty easily now break down in my head, like what would be my sound bites from this. And like, I can kind of eavesdrop those in the beginning of a full lesson now to my kids in person um, so that they, even if they only, even if I only hook them for that first 60 seconds, I can still give them like a lot of critical information. And then if they zone out the rest of the time, obviously they'll miss some stuff, but like, they'll at least, I at least know that I got them in the beginning. So. Do you like huh. refer them to old videos that you produced on Instagram? I don't, um, but many of them watch them, which is funny to me. So I don't ever like a broadcast <laughs> that I do this on the side, but usually they find out somehow or another. And yeah. It's I mean, how are they not? <laughs> do, do a lot of them use social media as tools to like learn or are they just not students are just not that into it that they're actually seeking that content out no they i actually my first assignment that i give for beginning ceramics and this i i created this project before i started doing instagram but i have them um go online and they have to research a modern ceramic artist and for us modern means they are currently alive and making work um, and that's really the only parameters i give them and then they base their first piece off of the designs from a modern artist and then like the the shape of the vessel that they're building is based on a classical greek or roman vessel so they're like having to go back and learn about ancient building techniques and ancient pots but then they're decorating them based on modern ceramic artists yeah usually in that research period for their modern artists that's when they will like come across my account at some point <laughs> and then usually they'll like half of them will be like all right that's weird whatever and then they'll move on and then there's like another group that'll like come in and like every day after I post a video, they'll be like, Mrs. Smith, I watched that. And I, I learned about this thing or like, I heard you say this and I liked that. So I don't assign my videos for homework, but I, some of them certainly do watch them. Okay. Yeah. But they call you Miss Smith. Is that what you said? Mm -hmm. Mrs. Yep. Smith. Okay. Yeah. So then they, they wouldn't necessarily easily stumble upon it necessarily unless they heard, they yeah. probably heard your voice or something. And then they're like, oh, that's. I mean, usually I give them a list of hashtags to look up whenever they're doing their research. And one of them is just like hashtag ceramics. So if you use that one, typically I'll pop up somewhere because I use that one. But um, yeah, and then it's like one kid finds it and then they show everyone and then they all go look at them. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I definitely found that when I started teaching like virtually where I can't like touch some, but like touch where I can't like help somebody out like on the wheel you know mm -hmm. or something like that that's what made me a better teacher is like and, and I'm sure that you mm -hmm. feel the same way about like doing the Instagram things because you really have to like use your words correctly and mm -hmm. precisely which really is quite a struggle in the morning if you ever have to do it in the morning <laughs> but but like yeah I definitely I think that if anybody wants to become a good teacher, just try to teach somebody over the internet once and you'll be like, oh, fuck. Well, I think, think even just like record yourself for a lesson and like while you're doing it, like talk through your process. And I feel like that is equally as helpful to yeah. like watch yourself back a couple of times. And I think that's maybe another thing Instagram done that has been helpful is I've watched myself throw so many times that it's easier to pick up on things. And then mm -hmm. when you're giving a lesson, it's so much easier because you can be like, oh, my gosh, yeah, I watched myself do this like a month ago. Right. That's exactly right. what happened. Yeah, for this sure. Is nice. you can, 
you know, when you're physically throwing, the only view you have is like downward. You you don't ever right. have from a student's perspective looking at you while you're doing something. So you right. so but if you watch content watch your videos and stuff, you can actually dissect that. Yeah, I mean, same thing with throwing with like a mirror in front of you or your phone or whatever. Um, it's just nice to have something from a further back perspective. I never got the mirror thing. Like, I, I don't. Really? I mean, I, I guess I get it. Like, you see a profile of it, but I, I just never saw value in that. Like, just stop working, step back, and look at the thing. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I think the okay. The reason I see my kids like have a good moment with the mirrors is I have a lot of kids when they're pulling cylinders for their first assignment. And they, they always keep fanning out. Like they always become like a funnel, you know, rather than like a straight mm -hmm. up and down cylinder. And so often it's because their whole body is like tilted towards the side. Mm -hmm. um, and so when they use the mirror, I'll tell them like halfway through, I'll be like, okay, pause, hold where you are. And then just look up and they'll see their whole body in the mirror going this way. And they'll have that moment of like, oh, like that's why, that's where it's going wrong. But they have to physically see it. Like me telling okay. them does not do anything. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, Plus, if like, they can't even see it in the mirror because they're off to the side, then yeah, that makes a lot of yeah. sense. Because like when I, when I have students that do that and they're all adults, um, when they are going out to the side, I'm always like, you have to think about it. This has to be a conscious decision. It's not anything okay. that you're physically doing. It's your mental, like it is physically, but like if you mentally are like, I want to go up, then you're gonna go up. You know, right. Yeah. Instead of instead of just like, oh, I'm throwing a wall and then I'm just gradually going where my hands want to go instead of forcing my hands to go to a mm -hmm. position that needs to go. Yeah. Yeah. Every motion is like super intentional in ceramics. And it's like the more you can understand being making work with intent, like the better mm -hmm. you'll be as a potter. For sure. In my opinion. I'm stating that as a fact, but like <laughs> it's just my <laughs> 10 sentence. <laughs> Don't sue her. <laughs> yeah, don't sue me, please. It's a great fear of mine. <laughs> I never would have thought of that, but like, I mean, I guess it makes it. <laughs> I'm sure there's I mean, stuff. I don't know. That's like why I'm too scared to touch kiln stuff. Well, one, I think kilns are just too much to cover in 90 seconds, which is like the max I can do on a reel. But two, I'm like, if someone's house burns down, can they like pull my video as like a, I don't know, like, can they blame me for not saying something? <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I don't think they can. But I mean, I, I don't know if that hold up, but agent, it, it just so. seems far fetched that you would blame some random person on the internet that produced content about this thing and use it as as direct advice on how to do something. I don't She's know. She's like, I've heard stories. But I mean, I you know. could. I don't know. Is there insurance <laughs> claims that your husband's talked to you about that are that specific? Um, I don't think so. Probably not that specific, but people, people people do weird things <laughs> on the internet specifically yeah that's true i have a question and this might be like a, a deep diving question so you don't have to like mm -hmm. we yeah. always say if you don't want to answer something just tell me and we mm -hmm. won't but i was uh recently talking to somebody who i think is 26 or 27 i can't remember but we were talking about how Nobody thinks she knows anything because of the age that she is. And she's a woman and she's also blonde. So we're we're in your area of, of things right now. And I was talking about how when I was her age, 
I all I wanted to do was be 30 years old so I could finally be like, no. I'm 30. I'm taken seriously now once I hit yeah, 30. Yeah, like like I'm not a baby. Um mm-hmm. but I think that's it it's you're in an interesting and a, a like relatable point of like state of being right now where you're like have all of these years of teaching under your belt but you're 27 and you're a woman and like how do how do you feel about that how do you like combat that how do you like have you experienced that like yeah no I 100% know the exact feeling (laughs) and it's funny how spot on it is but um yeah and I think it's I don't know I mean it's hard to um to enter into a profession like at the school that I work at the majority of my colleagues are much older than me a lot of them have children that are my age and most of them have a PhD or at least a master's degree. Um, there's very few of us that don't have a master's degree. And so definitely when I started that position, I really felt like I have to prove myself to everyone. Like I have to show them that like I'm supposed to be here and like I, I'm good at what I do and I know what I'm talking about. And um, I really, I, I wish looking back that I wasn't that wasn't in my head so much because I'm like you could have enjoyed that more like you could have enjoyed your first year of teaching a little bit more but I think I really felt like I have to um, show people that like I'm young but I promise I know what I'm doing and I'm responsible and trustworthy and all those kinds Mm -hmm. of things and um, I would say I I have felt that as well in my artistic career and um, there's one professor that I have talked to about those feelings and um he's a male and he's older than me, but he still was able to like coach me through some of it a little bit. And um, I think one thing he said to me when I was in undergrad that was like super just stuck for whatever reason was, you know, once your piece is like in a show or on a gallery, like they don't see you, it's not you, it's just the work. Yeah. So he was like, if your work can stand there and it can stand next to someone who's like, you know, twice your age or whatever the circumstances are like, it's fine. You're in the room. Like the pieces in the room and no one, no one cares really about who you are. And um, so I, I think about that a lot when I'm making and like when I'm doing videos and, and teaching and all that stuff is it's like, if I truly am like good at what I do, then like the work will show it. And it doesn't matter who I am or anything like that. It's like, if you're, if you, if you really are supposed to be there and the work is that good, then the work is there, I guess. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Random, yeah, and there's no know. there's no guarantees as well, just because you're to yeah. a certain status of like insta insta fame, like some people say, or like notoriety that people know you. It doesn't guarantee yep. that just because you're to this status that your work itself, like your personality and your education kind of air area is one lane as well as your work is its own lane as well. Yep. And they're totally. kind of working in different paths. And that's that's yeah. a factor as well. Yeah, I mean, and I'll add this too. I wanted to talk about this at some point on my Instagram, but I never figured out the right way to do it. And this seems like fair to talk about. Because I think sometimes people think, well, like once you make work on Instagram and once you've like done really well on Instagram, then like you'll just get into everything all the time. And right. that is like not true. <laughs> like, yeah, you're just coasting. You're like, all right, do I put my Instagram in the application format? And then I'm like guaranteed in. Yeah, no, exactly. I think people think it works that way. And I I wanted to say this, but I, I just, like I said, I couldn't figure out the right time to say it. There was, at Ansika, um, there was a show that I had applied to. Not not 
it's not like in Enseca, but I was supposed to hear back from the show while I was at Enseca currently. Okay. And it was um, the morning that I was supposed to do a demo for Diamond Core Tools, which was like, for me, was like peak career thing. I was so jazzed. I like almost cried when they asked me to do a demo because I'm just, I love tools. And I was so excited. Um, and so the morning of my demo, I found out that I didn't make it into a show that I was like, oh. I really had thought, I was like, oh, I think I can do this. I don't know. Like I haven't applied to show in a while, but like, I'm going to do it. And so the morning of the demo, I found out, well, I didn't get into the show. And I was like, well, now I'm going to go do a demo and like do this other thing. And it's fine. And um, I just, I remember being kind of like, okay, this is probably a good reminder for me as well that like, you know, you don't have to do everything all the time. And like, maybe right now doing, leaning more into this demo stuff and, and talking about my work, maybe that's where I'm supposed to be right now. And maybe, you know, maybe a gallery show just wasn't on the cards for me. But I think it's also a good reminder too, that like, just because you do Instagram or, or something like that, it's like, you're not guaranteed mm -hmm. anything. Yeah. You know, and I think that's maybe a misconception that I, hear from a lot of people it's like oh well of course they got it and they have so many followers and it's like but it's eh. like what do they follow you for what are you yeah. known for where's your skill set where's your expertise yes. if someone were to say your name yep what would they explain they know about you in yeah. like a few words like uh, probably education and mm -hmm. teaching and stuff like that are going to come yep. forefront mm -hmm. um totally so just like how you get you know partnered with certain companies and things like mm -hmm. tool company like that makes sense because they trust your and respect you for the education you provide and then you've also got your own body of work that's that's going on as well and then you mm -hmm. decide like how much you want to share or don't share yeah yeah totally. so did the demo go well did you do well and were you like <laughs> you were like psyched for it and it it happened it went well yeah, it, it went well. I was really happy with it. Um, I, I think, I think everything went well. I can't think of anything that went, that went wrong necessarily. So, um, it's funny. I was with my friend, Andrea, who was talking to me. She's like, well, why are you nervous? Like you teach all the time. And I don't know, maybe, I don't know if you feel the same way about this, but like teaching adults is so different than teaching kids. Like teaching kids, I feel like I have the utmost confidence. I'm like ready to go because I can mm -hmm. be like goofy, I feel like. Yeah. And with adults, I'm like, I am a professional and I must come across as a professional. And it's it's for some reason it's more stressful. So I feel like I was more stressed for that demo than um well, I, I feel like it's partially like you know you're the smartest person in the room in relation to the kids that you're teaching, because like you know the most about this thing that yeah. you're instructing on and at Enseca, you're probably not the smartest person in the room on the thing you're demoing. Like there will be people around you that yeah. know more. So yeah, that is true. Yeah. And it's like, you want to, again, you want to show people like I'm supposed to be in the room. Like I do know mm -hmm. what I'm talking about. I've earned this spot. Uh, but I think all of us to some extent feel like, I don't know, am I supposed to be here? <laughs> I had a, uh, when I did my demo at Enseca, I, I don't know if you heard this on the thing, but I had like a hardcore fumble in the demo just because the bat got wigged up a little bit and so i couldn't get the clay centered and it was like four pounds of clay and i was like what the fuck is going on and <laughs> and i was like i looked at, it at one point and i was go, i go i swear to god i'm a professional like i'm not just like some weirdo out here you know 
but yeah, it is. It's like it's a, it's different when I've done it a lot now, so it's not like as hard. But teaching kids is easy. Like I t- I've been teaching my nieces. Well, they're my like adopted nieces, but like, um, at I'm at my friend's house right now down in Tennessee, and um, yeah, they're just like so. If they listen, they're so easy, you know? Like, even when they don't listen, they're so easy because they could not give two shits what it looks like when it's done. Like, they're like, oh, yeah. Like, it's so funny. Uh, Paige is eight, and she's like, or seven, I guess. And she's like, I think it's centered. I think it's centered. We can go to the next part now, right? And <laughs> and, and she's like, this is like a bowl plate, a plate. This is a bowl plate. I think this is good. You know, like, she could care less if the rims wobbly if whatever she just wants to stick her hands in clay yeah and adults like want to know all the things and also adults do not have the space in their brain to learn the things that we need to teach them they're the worst some of them can figure it out some of them just don't want to listen to you and some of them just want to like troubleshoot along the way and just have you come fix it i don't know it's a I will also say that teachers, not like ceramic teachers, but regular teachers, are the worst students I've ever had. Mm -hmm. Hope is vigorously (laughs) nodding right now. I am. And I... And I love my fellow teachers. I absolutely do. And and I like adults. I don't love adults. I like adults. Um, But, like, there is a fearlessness that kids have when they approach Mm -hmm. a new thing. That it just, as a ceramics teacher, I'm like, oh my gosh, if everyone could approach it with such an amount of like, I'm just going to do something. And like, it could work. Oh it could no. Work. Like, yeah. I just, um, adults are so like tense and it's like, I think adults know what a good pot should look like. Whereas like a kid, they, they almost prefer the ones that are like wild and crazy. How do you feel like they know what it should look like? Becca, you're back. Oh, okay, I'm back. Yeah, I see you. Do they know what it looks like because of social media? They can see videos of people doing it, and they're like, this is what got me interested. So I know I can, somebody can do this, so I can do it. Yeah, I I do get more adults that are like, I studied for this by watching, you know, (laughs) things on YouTube or whatever, which is like, to an extent, I'm like, absolutely. I love if you can come into it with some form of like an understanding, Um, but like, I, you really I'd almost rather to. you not come in with any understanding. <laughs> I don't know. I guess that's true because I guess there's nothing to unlearn. You know, it's like a blank canvas. But I mean, I don't mind when people come in with some, you know, like thing that they mm. want to make or something. But um, I did have one summer I had, this was several years ago, I had a kid come in and they were like, I've been doing pottery for like a whole year. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. Like, tell me about like what kind of pottery you're doing. And they pull out their phone and it was that pottery app where you like use your fingers to like. Spin oh, oh my God. And they were like, so these are the ones, I guess there's like, um, like some kind of a gallery in there. And they're like, these are my pieces that I've made so far. So I feel pretty good about this. And I was like, we're going to humble you real cool. Well, I won't, the clay will. <laughs> I'll have nothing to do with it. <laughs> this is not a two dimensional surface. You're just touching. <laughs> Yeah, it's not quite the same to just put your two fingers together. Well, at least they have, I guess they have a little sketchbook, maybe. Maybe that's their little sketchbooks in some yeah. ways. Yeah, I feel like going from, like, never doing clay, though, to, like, I'm going to make a gigantic vase is maybe 
Right, right. <laughs> That's well, always what they want to make the first time. I want to make a vase. Like, okay, let's well, let's work on a bowl first, maybe. Like yep. a shitty bowl. Yep. Yeah. Let's have a bowl that's not lopsided. That's like my first. Can we make it even? <laughs> yes. Sometimes. Uh, do you know what my, uh, no, that, I don't, anyway, my biggest, like, hang up on teaching was always trimming. Trimming was always, like, the hardest Mm -hmm. thing for me to teach. And the Mm -hmm. reason being is because I, um, because kids and anybody's pieces are never centered the first time they, like, make anything. So they can't figure out how to trim it because it's not centered, blah, blah, blah. So I actually started making two pieces for each person that were centered to practice on first and then have them do this, do it on their own pieces. And, um, that made it a little bit better, but it's still garbage. I fucking hate teaching (laughs) trimming. It's the worst. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with that wholeheartedly. I think my thing is like, as long as it's level, like as long as I can yeah. teach them to, to cut it on the wheel with a needle tool. So as long as it can sit flat, yeah, then like we can put something on it. It's not going to be a super even foot, but like there can be something on it, but it's when you get the pieces that are like totally not level that I just, yeah, uh, they're so, and then, you, then it's like, as a teacher in my head, I guess I'm always like, I just, I wouldn't trim it. But, like, obviously, you know, they want to trim it. We're going to help them trim it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, do you think that you would, like... Okay. I'm still thinking of my words. Um, do you think that... Like, what would you want to do if you weren't teaching with pottery? Like, what would you... Um, do you have any, like... Or even with teaching, do you have any goals for pottery that, like you know, certain, like, you know, you wanted to be in that show or whatnot. Like, are there any, are you more like shooting for gallery stuff or do you do sales on the side? Like what is, um, yeah. What are you like looking for within the ceramics community? Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as like what you hope for, I, I suppose. Yeah. So what am I doing with my life? That's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I, right now, I'm at a place where we are in the process of, of buying a home, and um, the the ideal, like, dream world for me would be to have a studio at home, and I would do, like, private lessons in addition to, to making my own work full-time. Yeah. Um, that's, like, my, my, hopefully, my next step. Um, and then as far as like where I want my work to go, I think for a while I was really just like, I did galleries for like a year or two pretty solid where I was like just constantly trying to do shows. And then I, I ended up realizing that like, well, I could make more money if I'm selling directly. And I didn't, I didn't necessarily, I mean, the big benefit to galleries, right. Is that like, you're exposing your work to other people. And I kind of was like, well, I have this niche from Instagram so like if I can just keep fulfilling those people, then I guess I don't need, you know, the exposure right now of the gallery. And I wasn't um, really building a resume. So um, I decided to kind of lay off of galleries for a little bit and then just stick with the Etsy. And then I do one big in-person sale every year because it's at my school. So it's like super easy. Um, so I do that big one every year. Um, but now that I've gotten 
into more of this luminary stuff where I'm cutting away a ton of clay and shipping has become more effort than I would have liked shipping to have been. Um, I'm thinking about the gallery stuff again because I'm like, well, that's the other benefit though is like I give it to them and then it's like done and I don't have to like. Yeah. You still have to ship it, it to them though. I know, but then it's like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. And my head is different. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. So I think, I think maybe with this newer work that I'm doing, I would like to venture more into galleries again and maybe do a little less Etsy. Is there a How reason much? you were drawn to the luminaries? Um, I really like, I think about how to answer this. In all of my work, I've really liked having a, an added element. So I like having the, the clay vessel itself, but I like for there to be something else that's like organic or natural or whatever. Um, and so that's why it's like, I went through a long planter phase for a while and then a lot of vases. And then it was kind of thinking about like, well, what other elements are there that I could add that would give it something that like is out of my control. And that's where um, the luminary stuff started to come in because I felt like, well, that's at least something where it's like, yes, I'm controlling it to an extent because I'm like making all the marks. But really at the end, I feel like it's almost still a surprise for me of like, what is the candle actually going to look like in this, in the mm -hmm. pitch black darkness? Mm -hmm. um, so and what's the shadow is going to cast off of it as well? Yeah. Yeah, and the more I do them, the more it's becoming predictable, which I kind of hate. So I might need to start mixing things up a little bit more because, like, I don't know. In college, I was really into soda firing, and I loved that, like, surprise oh, at the end of, like, oh, it's so good. And you don't have to glaze either, which is just, like, even better. Um, yeah. So I, I loved that, like, surprise element of soda firing. And then when I started teaching in high school, I was like, well, I'm not, I don't have a soda kiln. So I was like, well, if I have an electric kiln, like, I love electric, but it's very predictable, which is good sometimes, but it left me feeling kind of like, well, where's my finishing thing where you're like, mm -hmm. surprise. <laughs> yeah, that, that ability to have that unpredictability with the firing method is just like awesome. I wish Becca had more mm -hmm. experience and get, you need to try out soda firing, wood firing, Becca. Yeah, like, I know. It'll I be know. fun. We'll do it. We'll do it together someday. We'll go to, I need to. I got a trip to go to Isaac's and we'll do some soda firing and build a soda kiln. So that'll be fun. Maybe I should send one piece with you to Isaac's. Okay. That you can but just yeah, like no glaze or anything. Just. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of the best anyways. You just get the straight yeah. soda effects and the, you put a liner glaze in it. Yeah. Just so and it's then safe. I can, and then I can do my thing on the outside of it. That would be really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And then you get the balance of like how much work do you put on the outside because it could just get washed out. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know? For sure. Yeah. How much do you think you're doing on like Etsy right? Not like how much money, but like I mean, kind of, but not really. Like how? <laughs> like are you are you selling consistently on Etsy? I'm curious because that's you know what I'm trying to get into. Yeah, I um. I set my, a goal for myself this year of doing one Etsy update a month, which I've already not followed through with. Nice. Um, That's a so, lot. Yeah. <laughs> An Etsy update every month. Yeah. I Well, now my focus is kind of like, I'd rather do less pieces, but higher price tag pieces. So that's what I'm trying to shift to. Because I think for a long time, I was like, I need to make a ton of things so that I have just a ton of things on there. And now I'm like, stop it. That was way too much for me to handle. So now I'm about lesser pieces, but 
more expensive work, I guess. Um, but anyway, yeah, so I had the goal of one Etsy update a month and I kind of have ended up doing one every other month okay. is what it's come down to. So, I mean, it's been fine. I, um, have a, a huge batch of like 40 planters now that I'm waiting on. So those will probably go up at like the beginning of the next month. So, um, but yeah, I kind of work in waves where like, I really think I only like to have one big update every other month. Cause that's just seems like my work cycle. If I don't have to force it, that's like my natural work cycle. Yeah. Well, then there you go. That's your new goal every other month. Boom. Yeah. Oh, well, that made me feel a lot better about myself this year. There you go. I mean, I thought every month was all, was pretty. Uh, every month is a lot. Was pretty uh, impressive. Yeah. I was like, man, that's well, a lot. If you're you... doing teaching full time and then you get home from teaching yeah. and then what are you making? Like. Because if you think about it, you only have like 25 days to make the things because you need like five days to do all the other shit. You right. know? Yeah. It's yeah. like, that's a lot. I mean, I typically, like, my work cycle is, I usually have everything, like, thrown in one day, and then it'll be carved and into the kiln at the end of the week. Um, and then it's just, I hate glazing so much that I procrastinate it. <laughs> so, like... <laughs> a I'm woman sure after my own heart. I could have a much faster turnaround, but I just, I hate it, so I don't. <laughs> And you have a pretty, you don't have that many glazes that you use, right? One. I use one just, glaze. Just the one. Okay. Just I wanted one. to say one, but I didn't want to commit to one because I didn't guarantee nope. it was only one. Yep. It's, it's just one. It's just white. It's um very boring. and uh, White speckle. That shit sells like. <laughs> it really I mean, does. Can't be beat. Like, I don't know. <laughs> and there's something classy about it, right? It's, uh, I yeah. don't know. Yeah. Do you but use no, some gold gonna... luster though, too? I have been gold lustering more recently um, because it's just been fun to add something kind of flashy. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. I mean, that part I enjoy more, though, because that's a little more like, I don't know. I don't know. That's more exciting to me. Yeah. Okay. Regular glazing is very boring to me, though. I don't like it. <laughs> Are you dipping them? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I dip them and then I, I wipe them away with a sponge and that's that's it. Um, but the wiping away, depending on the piece, can take a lot longer than I wish it did. Are you waxing? <sighs> oh, I'm looking at the... I, I need to look at the pieces. Becca, you should look at some of the pieces as we were looking here. I hate wax more than I hate anything else in the world. That's not... Well, no, that's pretty true. Yeah. <laughs> Which is ironic because you're using luminaries, which require candles mm -hmm. and wax and stuff. Stop it. I hate that. Oh, why <laughs> did you tell me that? Oh, my gosh. I never thought about that. Oh, you can't no. make luminaries anymore. Oh, sorry. Sorry to tell you. I'm going to switch to electric candles and just like. <laughs> just a little, just flick the little switch and you got, you got like. How did I never think about that? That's kind of hilarious, actually, that like those pieces are dependent on the things that I hate the most. But that looks like huh. that would be terrible to wax. Yeah. Because it would drip and run in the carvings and stuff. Yeah. I don't hold. See... Hold. Which one is it? I, I'm just looking at one from April 13th. It says the luminary. Oh, with your restock. Like, most of them with the exposed speckled clay on the outside, and it's white. So it's it's speckled on the raised areas, and then the recessed areas are all white so 
Becca, how would you wax that safely? Motherfucking sponge roller, broski. It wouldn't run? Not if you not if you got the right wax. I don't know, it just are seems like sponging it. Huh? I said, are you a wax wax fan? Not necessarily. I am a wax fan when it's the right time. Mm-hmm. I think that I'd probably wipe those off. I'm not I'm not a I was talking about the bottom. Not <laughs> not the not no, I was the looking other at the parts. sides. I was like, hold on a second. Not the other yeah. parts. But like, damn, I that's don't know. That's a detailed that's a detailed step, the wiping. Mm-hmm. You ever get not pottery husband involved in that? No. Um, no. a lot of people think he has he's done more, but he really um I mean, he offers to help with anything, but I think the only pieces he's actually like helped in the process of was sanding during the holidays because I had like a, I just had a massive table of stuff to sand. So yeah. um he helped sand, but I think that's the only thing he's ever done on my work, I think. Okay. I don't think I would even fucking glaze these. I've thought about not glazing them, but it just doesn't give me enough contrast. Like, I feel like it's too, I don't know, though. Maybe with some of the. Well, it would have the negative space, right? So you have the the white, you have the negative space, and you have the speckle. Yeah. I mean, it Hmm. would save me some time. So maybe maybe that is the the route to go. Hmm. Yeah, it's crazy because most of the time I just see your videos and I don't necessarily see what you make. I mean, of course, I saw that big bowl that you did. And I thought that was like a one of one off sort of situation. Now I'm seeing all these things that have all these holes. And I'm just really sorry for you. I'm just feeling really bad for you right now. It's really what's happening. You know, I'm just here for the empathy. That's it. Yeah, I'm like, how do you, how, like, that's like one of those situations, like, my studio mate, my, well, she just left, uh, her name's Merritt, and um, my other studio mate's uh, uh, Sarah, Sarah Anderson, and they both do, like, these insane carvings, and, like, with beautiful art, and shit like that, and Merritt just Merritt just bisked a vase that was like three feet tall. It was literally an inch shorter than the kiln. And, uh, well, maybe oh. not three feet, maybe two and a half, two. I it's don't know. It's still tall. Two it and a half to three, who cares? Very yeah. large. And yeah. I was just thinking about like after carving that whole thing out and painting the whole thing and like doing all those things and then you get it into the kiln or you don't get it into the kiln or like it breaks and like how unbelievably crushed I would be and so pissed, like so mad. And I don't have that because I make stupid shitty pots that are like, take me two seconds, you know? Um, I don't have that like pure rage when something breaks. Yeah. Your pieces aren't, aren't typically at risk of breaking right and i'm not attached to them at all like if somebody i've always said that if somebody came up to me bought a piece of pottery from me and smashed it on the ground in front of me i'd be like i'm so glad you paid first (laughs) like (laughs) you buy it then you break it yeah yeah 
But yeah, yeah. I, I mean, like that looking at those, I'm just like, oh, fuck me. Like, no, thank you. I, how do you even handle them? Like, I couldn't even handle it when it's done. <laughs> I I definitely it's weird. I never really thought about how fragile things were. Like I just I think cuz for me it's been a progression. So it's like I started oh, with yeah. regular carving and then I went into carving trees for the holidays and then those were luminaries. So I was plucking out some of them. So it's like I've like built my way up to mm-hmm. taking out massive amounts of clay. So like I never really think about it mm-hmm. as being this fragile thing it just for me it just was like i don't know three are years you, of cutting are you pretty well, much when done in... when you finish cutting them as well or are you sanding them and softening them before they're yeah. dried completely and so i actually um i i do what i i call it like a rough cut first where i get everything looking the way that i want it roughly but i don't focus on any details like i don't really think about like are there crumbs here is this area raised or whatever i just make the cuts um and then i wait till it's bone dry and then i do a layer a layer a pass with a sponge that's like lightly wet and i'll go over and i'll smooth any really big areas Mm. um then i'll load it into the kiln and then when it comes out for the luminaries, I've been going back through with like a hand drill and a diamond bit and cleaning up any extra little bumps or anything I think would show. Luckily, with the where I cut and the way I glaze, a lot of it's covered. So like if there's a slight misstep somewhere, like you mm-hmm. likely wouldn't tell because that's where the glaze is going to pool. Usually it's at the end of the cut. Um, so. Right. But I do still go back through and I do a little bit of detail work with like a hand drill actually <laughs> i use a nail nail drill that they use at the nail salon you can um, get one of those for 25 dollars off of amazon fuck yeah yep. i have one too it's the best fucking thing it's like no one talks about them and i'm like this is the most slept on product that like it's great it's, it's so, so good. good what is yeah, that used for is that for filing down nails yeah yeah you use it to like buff out or trim a nail before you like put another nail on top of it okay so it's yeah. similar to a Dremel, but it it doesn't have as many RPMs or something. No, it's quite literally the same thing as a Dremel. It's yep. the same thing. It is a Dremel, yeah. Okay. But they're usually smaller than like a typical Dremel. Probably a little Dremel more hand, hand friendly. Yeah, because <laughs> the Dremels are freaking massive and like. Yeah, no, these are tiny, and I've even used them before to like add a hole to something if if you need to. I just put a diamond bit in there and water, and yeah. then you can. They're great. Nice. Yeah, I don't have yeah. one. I have like a really cheap one, and you can't like put regular bits in it. It's got like its own bit set. But yes, they yeah. are. You're right. They are like the most slept on hack for sure. They're and they're sure. cheap. They're so cheap. So then if you break it, you don't feel bad about it. So true. So true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and they're multi-purpose. Um. Yeah, I. I wonder, like, wait, how much are you selling these things? Like, how much are you selling, like, a base luminary for? Um, and this last update, I sold a luminary for, my larger ones were $200. Okay. Yeah. And they're <laughs> about, maybe, I'm trying to think how tall they were. Maybe, like, eight inches? Okay. Yeah, something like that. Nice. I think you could go more. That seems like a lot of fucking work. Like... I hate pricing. I don't know a potter that likes pricing, though. So. Oh, I know. I'm just like, li- li- just hearing your whole process just now. I was like, God damn! I hope these are like five hundred dollars. Like, <laughs> I think 
I think I'm like, I want to work my way up to that, but I, because I do agree with you. I do think given the time that goes into them, like they could be sold for more, but I think I'm kind of like, I don't know if my planters were selling for like 75, I don't want to make like a a huge leap to like a $500 piece, you know, because I feel like that'll like shock everyone and I don't have the, I don't know. I personally don't have the confidence for that yet. We believe in you. I have the same feeling though. I'm like, I don't want to have a huge, I want to have tiers of different pricing. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I've tried to keep like some things as like staple stuff. Like I'll always make bud bases and they'll always be around like between 10 to like $25 just to keep something that like, you know, is, is definitely in the more affordable realm. Still not affordable, but. um. Are you still wiping those? Or are you. Damn. Can't get away everything. from the wiping. No, I can't. I mean, I really do think you should try a little, a little uh, foam roller, like a stiff foam roller. She's like, no. I refuse. No. <laughs> no, she's not getting wax in her studio, Becca. I just no, I have wax in my studio because I use oh. it for kids when they need to. I mean, I'm not, I'm not anti-teaching about. That's wax. been your personal just, studio. Yeah, I um actually in my personal space the thing is i think the i think the waxing like if you're brushing it it looks very intentional and very like stark mm-hmm. so the sponge mm-hmm. like i feel like it the sponge the makes sponge it look does, a little bit better does uh it does yeah. make it more organic i don't think it's honestly i don't think it's faster either way i'm sure there's probably a sanding way like a polishing way that you could probably mask up and like use something to like wipe it away in a way that's not. I have thought not... about that a lot. Yeah, like using like those like car waxing things, you know, where they're like the circles and they spin and they just have like a towel thing on the end. I've thought about using those before. Um, I just haven't gotten around to testing it. But I are, are the ones that people like clean their feet with, their shoes with, like they buff their shoes. Oh, oh, that's a better idea because that's smaller. It's stable, and you just I think you just put pressure on it and it spins. Mm-hmm. Or you put your foot on a pedal. Ooh. Okay. Maybe that could work. Ooh, that's interesting. I mean, it'd probably, dust would go fucking everywhere, but maybe yeah. there's a way to, to wet it and, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's worth playing around with. I definitely would like to have a faster way to do things, but. Yeah. That would save the wiping step that you hate so much. I'm going to be thinking about this yeah. for the next week. <laughs> I mean, it can be relaxing, but I will say sometimes my hands are like so pruny that they start to like blister. Cause I yeah, I mean, that could be really so cramped, hours. I bet. Like just keep wiping and scraping and mm-hmm. like. I'm wondering yeah. if you could put like a, a sponge on one of the Dremel things, like. And. Yeah. And then you just yeah. dunk it in a bucket of water and spin it to clear it out. And then... Yeah, and then just keep spinning it to wipe away the that could work because then you're not like hurting your hands it's not it's not really the time because it's going to take the same amount of time whether you're like doing it one way or the other but it is oh it's rough like i remember when oh my god at graves co I'm like I'm just not, I'm an I'm intolerant to slow things. That's that's really what 
my issue is. I'm allergic to slow. And uh, unless it's me running. Um, and the, I'm just but, allergic to running. But I know, okay. for reals, though. Uh, um, and we were... Uh, we were, oh, yeah, we make these, like, hanging planters, and there's holes, three holes. And for years, she's just, like, spun a drill bit in her fingers. Like, spun a drill bit in her fingers and then spun a thingy to, like, clean it off. And I was like, we can't do this. I was like, we can't fucking do this. Yeah, making holes and for, so like, I made her stuff buy, without a drill bit. Yeah. Or without a drill. Yeah, I made her buy, like, a handheld drill like dremel drill that we could just put the drill bit in and and cut it out and it's just like you know you do things the same way until somebody comes in and is like why why are you doing this and that's why we have to have and that's why community is fantastic oh (laughs) No, I agree, though, because if you don't have people showing you that there are other options, I think sometimes it's easy to, like, feel like, well, but this is the way it is. This mm-hmm. is it. No, we all yeah. do it. We all do it. Oh, yeah. It's just... One more well, uh, tip that I saw that Heidi did from Bella Joy. She hit, So she does slip casting, and her she used the ZM Tools foam bat on a wheel and like spun the wheel, and it was just wet, and she just, like, softened her rims of her bud vases on that. I wonder if that would wipe away my pot. So maybe that would work. I, I mean, it'd be a little awkward because it's a flat yeah. surface, but maybe you could maybe you could do it on smaller pots and just kind of turn it and spin it. I've 100% put a sponge on a, a wheel. I was about to say, what if I used a Giffen Grip to hold a big sponge? And then just turned it on and it? You yeah. just You just kind of move. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, That's uh, intriguing. That sounds like a good content piece for Giffen Grip as well. <laughs> Can also be used know. for I'm for I'm tired of the Giffen Grip hate every time I post a Giffen Grip item. <laughs> it's the just hate? kind of like it's just yeah. kind of like a ridiculous use of it, which is hilarious. That is true. Yeah. And then you get non-pottery husband to explain what you're doing. It's like mm-hmm. I don't know what the hell's going on here. Oh, and then we got a pot. Oh, we're gonna what are we what are we gonna do here? Yeah. I think I think it might take. I don't know. Here's why I don't know if that would work. is because I think that the sponge is spinning the wrong direction. Direction? What do you mean? It's spinning like clock. It's spinning this way instead of this way. So you're just going to end up wiping more of the glaze back onto it. What do you mean? I don't know. I I think I see what you're saying. But I guess when I normally kind of think about when I regularly wipe them, I guess I do kind of utilize every part of the big sponge. And, like, I'll do, like, one pass here and then rotate it. And then another rotate it, and yeah. Rotate it. Yeah, you know what? I bet, yeah, that makes sense. I don't know. That was a lot of solutioning, but. Maybe you got something out of that. I don't know. Maybe you got you got a new tip. You got something. Well, that or I'm just going to feel sad next time I do it. Because I'm like, there's probably a more efficient way out there. And I just don't know it yet. Some things are just the way they are. That's true. 
That is very true. It's just the way it is. It's There's nothing you can do about it. Some things are just tedious and fucking terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. What if you change the glaze color? Like, what would it take for you to, to add another glaze color? She's like, absolutely not. <laughs> what if you didn't wipe it, though? What if you just had the glaze color that was by itself? I mean, I did a black pot one time. That was like a special giveaway thing I did like very early in my Instagram. I was like, that would be so fun to do like a limited edition one. So I did black and um, I hated it. I just like, I was like, I in my brain, I was like, this will be great because it's another like basic color, like, mm -hmm. you know, and I, um, I did not like it. I do, I do make some colored pieces for my mom because my mom likes colorful things. So I've given her some like oranges and greens because I just know that that'll make her happy. But um, yeah, I don't know. I think I just like the contrast of white because it's so bright next to the the brown. It is really nice. It's refreshing. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to not. The speckled with the white just such a good pair. I don't know. Everyone's a sucker for speckled. It's just, I don't know why, but I love it. <laughs> it's the whole farmhouse movement. That's why. What are I you going to totally do? I agree with that. Yeah. 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 And we're, as a society, we're not over farmhouse still. Mm -mm. Yeah. No. Yeah. I just saw a thing that said, like, is farmhouse... Oh, what did they say? Was it like a movement or is it a, like, basically, is it here to stay like modern, you know, or is it just a fad? Like trend or mainstream sort of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trend or mainstream. Yeah. Or fad. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't know the answer. I know I'm not a huge fan of it, but like, I'm not like the biggest fan. I'm not like a medium fan, I would say. Lower to medium. Um, not like underrated or overrated. You're like properly rated. Yeah. yeah. You should feel yeah. average about it. Yeah, just average. That's also, do, uh, yes, average. Side note, I went to Costco yesterday, and we are trying to find jeans. And this is really funny because my best friend in Tennessee is a size four, so she's tiny, right? And But also your height. I think she's 5'10". Mm -hmm. So she's probably your size. And um, And then I'm there, and I'm, like, short and fat. And Costco doesn't... Uh, like Costco will not supply skinny people or fat people. They only they only supply average people. She cannot find a size under six, and you can't find a size over sixteen. Mhm. Mm for women. So yeah. only average. You only average people can go to Costco. <laughs> yep. Her clothes. No, that is like spot on. I think I remember when um I started like <laughs> showing my husband um different clothing stores just because that was he doesn't care. Um, and I remember telling him, like, yeah, no, some thing, some clothing brands cater towards tall people. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, no, like, <laughs> there's, there's like some brands are known for for being like tall, mm -hmm. big and tall, man. Yep. That's a store, right? Big and tall. I thought big and tall was like a section of some stores where it's like that. I think it can be. Yeah. I think it's a store, too, though. It is. No, I think it is an actual store on its own, too. Yeah, it is. Huh. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. What kind of kiln do you have? Um, 
there are three kilns at school. I, I don't own a kiln myself. I just fire there. Oh, you don't? Um, yeah. Oh, my gosh. No, you got to not... transport that stuff green? No, I usually primarily work out of the studio at school. Um, yeah, she's I have got, like, 24-7 the... access, so. Yeah, oh, she's got, okay. like, the primo deal. I don't know why I assume you have a home studio. Well, you're shopping for a home, so you will yeah. eventually have a home studio. Yeah, but and I do work currently. out of home sometimes, but. It was like, even when I started working at my job, they were like, no, we want you to use this space. Like, it is important to us that you are making work here. And I was like, okay, oh, cool. Oh, that's great. So, yeah, yeah. So I like Oh, that. well, so what you're kind in there of, late. What kind of kilns do they have at the school? So, there's a L&L kiln that's like the three-tier typical, I feel nice. like every school, like, starts <laughs> with an L. Although, I will say, we had major issues with the controller on it. So, it now has a Bartlett controller on it. But it okay. is technically an LNL kiln. Um, and then there's a Paragon Paragon Iguana from Garbage. <laughs> Garbage. Paragon I, Iguana, what a name. I love that. I truly like I don't I was not the teacher that bought that kiln. I don't know what the thought process was. Garbage. I've got to Google this kiln. <laughs> Paragon like, are horrible. And, and I was talking to, um, I have a woman that comes out and will check on the kilns periodically, again, for insurance liability purposes, so that I don't get in trouble. Um, and I was looking at the kiln, and I was like, it's blue, which is, like, really pretty. But I was like, but this thing is, like, like rusting. Like, there's just blue that just, like, flakes off. And she goes, yeah, that's, like, why most brands don't have painted kilns like this, because it's just not, like, it, you should not finish it this way. Like, it it's doesn't make any sense. pretty for a very sense. short period of time. <laughs> Yeah, no, exactly. And so it's like, it's so, and for a while I thought I was doing something wrong. And she's like, nope, we're like properly vented. It's, it's set up the way that it should be. It just. Wow. That's what they it's do. Paragon. Actually, I think Baker Hunt has a Paragon Iguana. That That's the one they use the least, but it's like a tiny room. And that's all they could fit in that last yeah. little corner. But I just, yeah. it's I a front loading not... kiln. A week ago today, I threw a Paragon kiln quite literally in the trash. Oh, my gosh. I heard you on the podcast debating. Weren't, weren't you like, oh, should I bring you the kiln or something? And you were yeah. like, you were like, I don't know. I'm not sure yet. So you did throw it away. I threw it away. We threw it away. Me and Sarah threw it away. I was like, we were going to try and sell it to somebody. And I was like, I don't really want to. I don't want to put it on Facebook Marketplace and have them be like, well, does it work? No. It doesn't fucking work. Don't try mm -hmm. to make it work. Just, yep. it's a shell. Like, so we just tore it apart and threw it in the dumpster. Yep. I mean, I like it was the awful. concept of a front loader. Like, the idea is cool. But this one is, like, so tight that, like, you're only putting in square shelves. So it's, like, when you get to the top one, it's, to I don't, and it's, like, refrigerator height. So think about, like, putting something right. into the freezer at a directly flat angle with a bunch of fragile stuff below it. It yeah. is like, I feel like it's more difficult to load that than it is one that you're dropping yeah. into. Yeah, the one we tore apart was a top loader, thankfully. But um, but you're right. Like I remember in college we had all front loaders, and my professor's like shoulder was quite literally going out because yeah. of putting in the shelves. Yeah, I mean, I just like it. It looks cool, <laughs> and it does work, which is great. Um, but. When that one starts to go, I definitely want to replace it with something different. <laughs> so what's the third kiln? The third kiln is, oh, I forget what the brand is. I know it might be L&L too, but it's one of the doll, the doll kilns. 
little test oh a little test one. oh nice, nice 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 those are awesome i love y'all use those in a school setting that much i do actually because i'll plop it outside i right outside of my classroom is like this great like cement area so i can go stick it outside there and fire stuff um so i'll do luster firings in there so that way i don't nice. even have to worry about it being indoors at all and so i can just plop it outside but i can still see it from my window so i feel oh, very like, controlled about the situation but i don't have to worry about and that's just a typical outlet that you plug it into for that mm -hmm. one? Yeah. Yep. That's yeah. the one that people are always like, can I put this in my apartment? And I have to say, no, don't put it in your apartment. Bad idea. I have that one in my van. I wouldn't. So. <laughs> okay, but you don't, do you fire it while you're in your van? No, I don't. I'm trying to figure out, uh, I really want to do some research on how much energy it pulls. And also, yeah. actually, L&L, I talked to, we're, we have to do, we're doing an ad also in the middle of this. For L &L, we're, we're happy you ironically. said L and L because we're sponsored by L and L. So I oh, right. that worked out well. well uh, yeah. I didn't know what you had, but <laughs> we didn't know. This has just worked. Um, but actually, L and L is looking to 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 make a, a smaller. So mine's a firebox, and it's eight. Oh yeah, yeah. Inches by four inches, so you can't like stick anything really taller than four inches into it, and um, uh, and. I'm trying to figure out how much energy it actually pulls because I'd love to figure out how to solar, like do a solar oh, with it. There was, oh gosh, I might be able to find out who this was. I'll have to go do some digging, but I went to a tiny house show a couple years ago and there was a woman who was, who did have a solar powered kiln. Interesting. Ooh, I feel like I follow um, somebody on Instagram that does. Yeah. I'm I sure like fall over. I haven't like really gone into it, but, uh, but yeah, I, uh, so that's the, that's you might the, be able to ask John Schmidt. I think he has solar panels for his studio. Well, ironically, actually L and L has solar panels for their entire factory. Their right. runoff okay. solar. That's so cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. It's like a mom and pop like business basically. So his dad, and his uncle started it, I think. I believe, or yeah. Dad and partner started it, and that's where the L and L comes from because their last name is what is it? Lewicki, I believe. Lewicki. Um, oh, that's a good last name. Yeah, and so it's um Lewicki and whoever the other person was, and it might be Loki and Lewicki, and uh and yeah, and so like uh the guy who we talked to is Dimitri, and he's the sons son of the owner and um but i yeah i went onto their website hotkilns.com and <laughs> and uh yeah they have like solar panels all over their roof and they're in new jersey so it would make sense that your school would have lnl kilns because you're on the eastern side of the country that's why i mean really truly when you think about like the kiln demographic a lot of the people on the east coast have lnls a lot of people on the west coast have scuts like you know it's just mm -hmm. kind of works out that way oh, that um, yeah but you can't beat an lnl uh kiln uh element changer thingy anything. do you yes. have to change the elements at the school too or do you have other people <laughs> that do the maintenance on some of that stuff no so i um there's a woman that i bring in who I actually met from working at the art studio and she does all of the electricity work on kilns and then when she's not fixing kilns for schools she is 
teaching electricians how to work on kilns. So that's like her other gig too. It's a great business, um, awesome, honestly. Oh yeah. Well, and she's awesome. Cause she'll come and she'll, you know, like we'll schedule the hours or whatever. And then like, she'll just walk me through everything. So I do everything with her, um, mm. which is great for me to just learn more of the behind the scenes. Cause I feel like even with a BFA program and ceramics, you don't learn a lot about what to do when things go wrong. The practical and, studio practice stuff. and Yes. Yeah. Also, I might add that L&L has an extremely, like, amazing uh, informational page on their website. Like, because I actually have a friend that has an L&L that we just revamped the whole thing. And um, it still had a, a little bit of an issue. And... Uh, I was like reading through it and I was like, I did not know this. Like, this is all like brand new information, but yes. Okay. We're done. Uh, where do you find your LNL kilns, Ryan? Hotkilns.com. That was such a good plug though. Cause it actually fit the flow quite well. Thanks. Even if you said scut or something, I mean, we wouldn't have shit on it, but we would have just been like, Oh, by the way, we got to talk about LNL and stuff. If you yeah. ever want to upgrade, here's how you would do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, if you ever need a kiln, get L&L. And you're going to have to get a kiln in your future. And Ryan just got a brand new one. Um, yeah, I still need his, to look it up. His but... was the one Ed and Sika. Oh, yeah. Mine was the 23T, so it was the, the average size 10 cubic foot one that was on the left edge of their, their booth there. Yeah. Okay. So, um, but like... Brand new and shiny. Brand new shiny kilns are the best. It's my first new kiln, so. Well, yeah. the, the L&L at our school, when I got there, it had been totally dismantled because they just were like, we don't need this. And so I don't know why. You can't they help with that. That would have happened with any any brand of kiln. That would have gone to shit. But <laughs> just like, I just walked in and I was like, why is it taken apart? And they're like, I don't know. We just don't use it. And I was like, okay. well, I'm going to need that. So The thing is, it does. It takes together. up more space when you dismantle it. Like, why would you take it apart? Thank you. That's what I said. I don't know. I didn't get answers. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they moved it. They moved it. And the only way they could do it is to take it in pieces. But they don't put it back. She's like, nope. Like, it's been there. It's It has been in that little, little room. Like, you know what we want? We want more floor square footage taken up. So, or they sit it on that side or something like the Yeah. Uh. Yeah. It was just, um, but it did get put back together and it does work really great. So it worked out. Okay. So since your stuff is at school, Mm -hmm. do you have to kind of separate it a little bit? So you don't want students looking at your work so they don't copy or they don't get too. I don't really care. Um, I mean, I would say that for the most part, it's like, I am happy to have students like interact with my work and we talk about it a lot and they, you know, they'll ask a lot of questions about how you do things. And I think that's something that the school really like encourages and like wants me to do is to share with them. Like, you know, sometimes like yesterday, not yesterday, cause it's Monday. Sometime last week I um, had an off period. So I was getting ready. So I put out all my stuff on the table to glaze. And, you know, kids will come in and they'll be like, why did you, why are you making all those things? Like, what are you doing with all that stuff? And so I'll talk to them and they're like, oh, well, I have this thing coming up that I'm doing or that thing. And so it, it leads to a lot of really great conversations. So um, 
I do try to keep it kind of out where they can see it because I want them to ask and I want them to see that you can have an, a career in the arts if you want to and you can pursue that and make income from it. Um, and as far as copying goes, I wouldn't say that that's really been an, an issue, mostly because they don't really want to be like me. So yeah, <laughs> I don't have know. Have you that ever met like... a high schooler? Do you think they could make a luminary? No. But... I do have high schoolers making luminaries right now, but they look very different than mine. They're mushrooms. They're actually quite cute. Oh, that's so. adorable. Uh, I'm going to tell you a tiny little bit of story because I feel like you'll appreciate this. And I feel like that mom who's told the story 15 times. So our listeners already know this story, but <laughs> um, it's still fucking hysterical. I'm excited. So, so uh, I was at my studio in Monroe, Washington, which was like this big studio. And this kid calls me on the phone and he said, <laughs> Ryan like knows the story. I was <laughs> like, which story? But I know the story. You've only said the story like twice. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. So <laughs> this back. kid calls right. me and he's like, hi, I was wondering if you would be able to fire my work. My teacher won't fire it and I need to have it done by Wednesday. And I was like, okay. And he's like, and so I was like, sure, come on in. And he brings his piece in, and it was him and his dad. And he was like, he was just like the, I can't even remember how he looked, but he was like one of those tall, lanky, long, scraggly hair. You could tell, like, he was high, but not high. You know, he was one of those mm -hmm. kids. Is he a high schooler, by the way? Yeah, he was a high schooler. He was like 15. And he, and I was like, so tell me what happened. And he was like, well, I had a project and it broke and my teacher, I redid the project, but my teacher won't let me like fire it. And I was like, how did it break? And he was like, well, I had it in my backpack. And I was like, great. And then there's a lot more than you think it would. And then I'm like, well, let's see the project. So he brings this project in and it was, uh, I can't remember the word. Do you remember the word that was on it? It, it was it like yeet or something there's something it was it was <laughs> no it was it was a teabag holder but it said something weird on it that it didn't, was a, wasn't spelled right or it something. wasn't a teabag holder it was a cotton ball dispenser and it was square and it had a thingy on the bottom for the cotton balls to come out of and it said like oh my god it said like yurt or something like that yeah, but yeah. it was spelled wrong and it <laughs> It was spelled wrong, and I'm, like, dying because this dude, like, this, and he was so sincere and so, like, wanted it to work, and so, like, you know, I, I took it, and then we loaded the kiln together, and I talked to him about a few things, and then he painted it and, and came back, but it was, oh, God, I wish that I could remember the word. It was, wait, 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 nope. Was it like Jaws or something or Gauze? Or yeah. Something? Oh, it was Gauze, and he spelled uh... it with a J. That's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> it was Gauze, so like G-A-U-G-E, or how do you however you spell it? I don't know. Like he spelled it, it with a J. Something was like so wrong with it, and it was just fabulous. <laughs> and he did get it to the teacher in time. I'm sure that teacher just wanted to like fail him. But he found a loophole, and I respect him for that. I was going to 
say like it sounds like he went and it sounds like from what you said he even learned more because you were actually showing him like what you were doing so oh yeah he helped me load the kiln I was like oh you're gonna I was like if you're going to do this we're going to you're gonna have to learn a few things absolutely yeah oh good on you what a good moment too yeah it was great we had a lot of moments like that it's hilarious it's yeah I want Jaws merch. I want a Jaws sticker. (laughs) (laughs) I wish I took a picture of it. I'm sure I did. There's no way I didn't take a picture. I bet you it's on my Instagram. I. That would be so good. That is a long time ago. This was probably a single digit episode or like definitely before 100. It was in like 2018. Man. Like 2019. Yeah. It was an early episode. We talked about this. Yeah. Because I like it was the same day we had the episode, and I was like Ryan. <laughs> so you've had students put stuff that. in their backpack, Hope? Oh, oh yeah, it happens all the time. Yeah. What are they taking with them though? Their whole pot, yeah, um, or whatever, whatever their project is. That they're Not finished. On. They're actually taking Not stuff. Yeah, I will have students take home stuff like over the weekend to work on, and. Um, Usually I try to give them, you know, like put it in a, in a tote box or carry it in some something like that. Um, but yeah, no, it's way more common than you would think it is that they will throw things in their backpack. And then yeah. not, not know. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Are there any other strange or interesting teenage oh. things you're getting we want accustomed story. to? This? That you didn't know about yeah. or that you're like, mm-hmm. this is not a thing when I was in school or. Yeah, most of their things were not things when I was in school. And I don't know if it's like, I, I don't know what the difference is, but. Um, well, technology is, so I, we couldn't even have phones at, at any time in school. Yeah. yeah, we couldn't either. I definitely got in trouble for having a phone. Um, when I was in high school for even just like texting my mom or something in the hallway. And I remember I got my phone taken away one day for that. (laughs) So that's definitely super different than what it is now. I will say like, I am grateful that we didn't have the phones to the extent that these kids have Mm -hmm. phones. Cause like the pressure that they feel, I mean, this is a thing. Is it the interpersonal stuff? Is that what you mean by that? Yeah. Yeah. The interpersonal stuff. So like um, even for prom, this is a thing, apparently. There's, like, a prom group chat where you will send a photo of your prom dress, like, the minute you pick it out to make sure that no one else has, like, the same dress. Oh, God. And so that's, like, a very... And this is across... Like, I've talked to my other teacher friends at other schools. This is, like, just what kids are doing now. Across and like, the whole group of the class? Or is it yeah. just in their little clicky group? No, the whole grade. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. We didn't have that kind of thing when I was a kid back in my day. <laughs> back in my day we didn't care so that's definitely one that i was kind of like is that real and they were like yeah that's very true and i was like okay sure um but in general i mean kids just ask really wild questions i've learned things that i never thought that i would have to answer um like what happens if you put a kid in the kiln and turn it on (laughs) i get that one about once a semester probably yeah that one i didn't really I, I just didn't, I don't know. I never really thought about it, but kids think about that a lot. Um, and then anytime we talk about like any form of like, you know, moisture escaping can cause like breaking and sometimes explosions. And then it's like, 
they always go on a tangent to try to figure out like, well, how do we explode a kiln with clay? Like if we wanted to explode the whole kiln, what would be the best way to do that? Yeah. So the whole kiln. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> what are some of their answers? What did you all come to? Well, I told them about gas kilns and they realized that that was a lot easier to explode um, than a regular <laughs> electric kiln. <laughs> so, so that was good though. We turned it into a teachable moment. We talked about different types of kilns and, you know, okay, the different um, gases, the electric, how you're generating uh-huh. heat, some science mm-hmm. stuff. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, this is the weirdest thing we talked about, I think maybe last week, and this is not ceramics related, but it was in a very serious conversation with my high schoolers. Um, is it, in, I'm trying to think how to phrase this as the best question possible. Just like we had a long debate and the definitive answer was the worst way to die was by corn. Corn? Corn. Choking on corn or just by corn? Multiple ways. So they said like getting lost in a maze forever or like in a corn field and not being able to escape would be like an embarrassing way to go and like one of the worst ways to go. And then we talked about like, you know, those big corn silos. Yeah, I think there's a movie where like, some kids are getting like. I think there was. I think a that's in a Quiet Place, right? Is that? Oh, is it? I think I a Quiet know. Place they get they accidentally fall into it and they're like trying to. Maybe that's where they got it from because they were really on that. They were like, if you fall into a silo, that is embarrassing and it sounds terrible. And so you know, we had a long conversation about. It looks like quicksand when they're trying to trying to get out of there, but it they just keep mm-hmm. going deeper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's some of the questions. I concur. There as a high school teacher. Okay. Yeah. Do you hear? Do do they do a lot of gossiping and stuff in class? I'm sure it's kind of like a more fun class for oh, some yeah. of them, so it's pretty relaxed. Yeah. I I try to remind them a lot that like I can hear more than you think I can, um, and because they kind of they overshare with their neighbors sometimes, and I don't mm-hmm. want to know a lot of things. Um, I'm guessing it's a co-ed school as well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, Ed, so uh, we do definitely hear some some stuff, and then um, I try to throw in my one-liner of like, you know, like we don't need to talk about other people because we should be that interesting, but like we don't need to do it, and so that'll usually get them to be like, oh, I mm-hmm. am interesting. You're right, and then they'll move on. So, do you feel like a responsibility as a teacher to do that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Just because I have been in too many scenarios, and I think most kids can relate to this, too, where, like, you overhear someone talking about you or your friend or, like, you know, um, I would hate to have someone overhear something in a class that made them feel some sort of way. Mm-hmm. So, um, at least in my classroom, if I can control the gossiping stuff, then I will always make an effort to do that because, like, there's nothing really good Yeah, comes from kind of negativity out there, and it's like, look, you know. Yeah. So you just yeah, kind of shut just, it down quickly and you just kind of like call their name out or be like, hey, like. Yeah, I usually just walk over. I try not to make a scene out of it. Um, oh, and then okay. usually, you know, if anyone else notices, it's their friend group. And I'm glad the friend group notices that that's not, you know, like what we're doing. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's maybe a good part to add, too. And I said earlier, it's like I like teaching, but I don't like like teaching sometimes. It's like that would be one of those things where like I don't love doing that. I don't enjoy <laughs> Yeah. Feeling like I have to monitor. Because you're the only adult in the room at that point. Mm -hmm. So nobody else is going to do it. The other kids are not going to be like, hey, you do you stop doing that. Yeah. I mean, maybe maybe some kids are going to, but. 
Yeah, usually not. not. So that's the kind of stuff that you're just kind of like, I don't really want to do that, but you feel like that's part of the job. Yeah. Yeah. My high school was all male. So Okay. We took a factor out of the whole co-ed thing, wasn't even a factor, and then we had the, you know, shirt tie, all male, Catholic, like yeah, so I would suspect the co-ed adds a factor as well. Like I didn't experience any of that in high school. But yeah, uh, yeah. that's definitely got it gotta be a thing. Especially nowadays too. I don't know. Yeah, I mean my school at least like it they I tend to notice that the boys and girls don't mix together a ton still. I don't know why, but um so there's not a ton of like super co-ed commingling that I see like they do still separate which is kind of like when they go to lunch the guys are eating with the guys Mm -hmm. and yeah yeah and it was not that way for me when I was in school we were always mixed up with everybody and that was just what we did but at least at this school that seems to be more of the norm which I'm okay with as a teacher or your seats are all alphabetized so you're like you're sitting next to the other alphabetical adjacent people to you so it's like we were always alphabetized in my in when I was growing up, and we, I don't see anyone alphabetized anymore. Oh, really? They just choose where they want to sit? At least in my room, yeah. Oh. I feel like that would discourage the, like, clickiness, right? Maybe it's... No. No? I think it encourages... Well... Well, I'm saying if you're alphabetized, you, there's, there's no clickiness oh, happening yeah. because you can't choose where you sit see that I totally understand what you're saying with that I think the reason I let them choose is because like there is so much freedom to get to know one another in my class that I do like for them to be I don't know that that if they do have a peer that they've entered in with they can still sit with that person but I I did also reshape my tables so that like they're all connected so like you can't really isolate very much like you are kind of forced to make friends yeah, they're big. They're you. big work tables at most schools, yeah. so it's like you're at least going to be at a table with like six people yes. or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So like they get free seating, but they do still. You still have to talk to other people because I force you to. <laughs> you force. Them. I do. <laughs> is there a level of critiquing at in mm-hmm. high school, or is it okay? So it's a, it's a group thing. Yep. Yep. So we do group critiques at the end of every project, and um, I. Basically, I'll walk them through the first critique together, and they're all responsible for saying, you know, at least five good comments um, throughout the whole critique. So that way, everyone should be getting a couple comments about their work. Um, But yeah, I mean, I walk them through the basics of, you know, we don't say I like it because I like it is not a helpful phrase. Um, So we try to get more specific, and I talk to them about how to analyze work of, you know, okay, if you do like something, well, what about it do you like? And we try to break down those things to make sure that our compliments are really meaningful. And then same thing with our critiques. Um, we don't say I hate it or I don't like it because both of those are just not useful to anyone. Um, yeah. We try to be more specific about like, okay, I think you could have moved this area a little bit more. And then I tell them too, they have to sandwich on a way to make that improvement. So like, if you're going to say this area looks rough, then you have to give either a way that you know of to fix it, or you have to call on a peer and say, but so-and-so did a really good job smoothing. Like, how did you do that? And that's kind of what our critique mm-hmm. was like. I couldn't say that's interesting. In college, interesting was not an acceptable word in the critique. Because you could totally take that as like, that's a cop-out. Yep. Because you're like, that's yeah. just yep. a very neutral word that could be like, that's interesting as in like, I don't really like that. But I don't want to yeah. say something negative. Yeah. 
Yeah. I I don't think that's on my band phrases list, but it falls under the similar like <laughs> umbrella. It's just not specific. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it sucks. It's I mean, like there's so many other words you can use other than interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I was curious about your so a lot of your feed you're doing tool reviews and things like that. One question to start, I guess, in this area would be how do you choose where that line is of like, I want to be doing content about this versus I have an obligation to do content about this because you've kind of been known for covering certain Mm -hmm. topics. Mm -hmm. Do you have that kind of struggle or how do you like? Yeah, I mean, I definitely hit some points where I just am like, I'm tired of trying things out. Like, just want to make a pocket. So um, it's a balance, but usually I'll lean heavy into one realm of like tool reviews versus tutorials. I'll like lean heavy into tool reviews for like a week or two, and then I'll be like, I'm over it. And then I'll lean heavy into tutorials for the next week or two. And then I just kind of go back and forth between the two. Um, So yeah, I don't know that there's as much balance, like intentional balance as much as like, I just get sick of one and then migrate to the other. And then I seem to be replenished by the end of that to do it over again. And do you do you feel like you have to share a certain amount of your own work? I know you sort of consciously decide how much of your own work you show uh-huh. and process you show versus this is more, I'm pretty much doing a lot of demo pots. Yeah. Yeah, I basically, um, I don't do any demos or tutorials on my own work. And that's just like a hard line that I've, I've drawn. So there will be, no, there's no videos of me working on um, any of my personal work, really. Um, they're all demos. Sometimes I'll throw stuff that I'll end up carving or trimming or doing whatever too. But for the most part, they're just demo pots. Um, and that decision is pretty much because I just, I feel like I like the internet a lot and I like teaching a lot, but sometimes it can feel a little bit like people are always asking for things all the time and you get a little tired. Sometimes I feel of of like explaining everything and so it's like, I love explaining and I, I love doing tutorials and I love doing demos, but when it comes to my own work, I just want to do it and like not think at all about how to break it down or how to explain something or show someone a certain part of it. Um, I just, I like keeping that as like my time to shut off that teaching side of me and just be the art side. Okay. Yeah. 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 I could totally see that because. I mean, I'm sure you already get a ton of questions. In your comments, you get questions. In your stories, you get questions. Yeah. Like. Yeah. <laughs> how do you, How do you determine what's what's the right amount of answers to give versus what's worth it? Or a lot of it is just pointing. Like I'm pointing you where I already talked about that thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have automated some of it, so you can do like um, automatic replies in your inbox, which is helpful. Um, or you can do suggested questions. So like I put a filter on there that's like, you know, how do you glaze your work? And if you type in that question, it'll like pop up already and my automated answer will go out. So like I've done that a couple with a couple common questions that I get so that those are like at least easy to access. Um, what are those most common to that you get? Yeah, well, definitely how do you do your glazing? Um, where is XYZ tool from just like any tool in general, I get those all the time. Mm -hmm. And then like, um, what kind of clay are you using? That one is also like 
clay like, yeah that every day yeah it's funny i don't do you guys get that a lot i get too? the clay thing is a common thing yeah i just i guess i've never asked anyone what clay they're using like i've never asked someone on instagram what clay, what clay are you using is it laguna 608 because that's what i think it looks like standard 112 standard 112 okay i'm intrigued by laguna 608 now that's what i use look at it. so oh okay oh yeah i could <laughs> Yeah, I like that. Well, no, I guess your clay throwing <laughs> is not as red as mine. So, yeah, it's it's different. Yeah, yours looks much more red. Yeah. When I've seen it, at least. Okay. Yeah. But, yeah. If automated, that helps. That speeds it up. It does. And then I have an FAQ story highlight that I don't know that anyone reads anymore, but it's there. I feel like people so don't look at highlights that. enough. Like, there's so much good content in them, right? There's so, oh, gosh. Like, I wish people would go and read, watch the highlights more. Cause, like, I know other artists, like, I wanna say it was like Liz Cohen Ceramics. I could be wrong, but mm-hmm. I was looking at her glaze work and I was so curious. I was like, oh, I wonder, like, what kind of glazes she's using. And she has an FAQ and I clicked on her story highlight and she was like, oh, I don't actually talk about my glazes. And I was like, cool. Like, now we know. And I didn't have to, like, message her. So I wish, I wish more people were more like, I think you being on the receiving end of that was the reason that you went to the FAQs and stuff. You're like, okay, they probably put Mm -hmm. the effort into find to putting this content together. Yeah. I mean, I even use this guides tab. Do you guys even know guides exist on Instagram? I, yeah, I use it for my (laughs) mug of the day that I do every Monday. And I realized that it capped at 30, I think it's 30. Right. Mm -hmm. And I was like, man, and then I gotta, you gotta compose the guide of like putting all the stuff in there. I know yeah. nothing. <laughs> it's like most people don't. That's the thing. Most people don't use guides, but it's like I can at least put together like here. I did one that was just ribs. So it's like here's 30 rib videos back to back to back to back. You can just That's click great. on the playlist and see all of them. But people don't, people don't know about guides. See, I remember you doing it. You did a story about like what do you want to see, and you were mm-hmm. just pointing out those guides. You were like did a tool one did a rib one did a yeah. trimming tool one whatever yeah and it's like oh okay i've probably done a couple hundred tool reviews at this point so there's not very oh many tools that i haven't had some are you tool reviewed out yet no <laughs> no do you feel like you can't say any other answer than no <laughs> no i i am um a shopaholic in my personal life and so this just fits right on in with that and I think growing up I loved watching um like YouTube reviews for stuff I that was just like every day when I was getting ready for school I would plop on like YouTube reviews for random things and so I just I love watching people review things so I'm kind of not surprised that in my adult life I enjoy reviewing things I don't know have you ever um have you ever reviewed old forges footing tool i haven't and i'm conflicted on if i want to try it or not because i love old forge like i just we talk all the time online and i'm just so nervous about if i try it and i don't like it like i don't want that to happen not that i think not that i think i won't like it but if for some reason i don't I don't know. But nobody has to know that you got it necessarily. <laughs> nobody knows that you got the tools that you got, right? That are yeah. in the upcoming yeah. list. But he, I mean, I feel like he would want the honest feedback, but. He sent yeah. me one because he wanted honest feedback, which I'm really, really, really good at. And um, I was like, well, first, you can kill somebody with this. Like, <laughs> it is so <laughs> sharp. 
murder weapon I old forge that. creations yeah no and i mean like if i put feet on my stuff i would love it if yeah. um I'll now you here. you have to if you have a high splash pan it's a little harder to get down to okay. it yeah. but um but yeah it's yeah i was like i mean yeah i mean it's built really nicely it's like I mean, it's built how you expect Joe to build something, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, it's... It checks out. Yeah. Uh, the only thing that I would say is that I was like, I would ruin my bats with this tool because... It's so sharp. It's so sharp. And he was like, oh, well, I've never ruined mine. And I was like... I found it hard to just take a tool and just lightly keep it parallel to the bat and just slide it in like a foot... Even just the 45-degree angle tools. Like, I want to dig that thing in there so that I get right. the Right, yeah. I, I think that it's just, like, cut. it's a me thing, you know? Not, like, uh, a tool thing. And it's, like, I don't use metal tools on my bats because I want to keep them longer, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But other than that, I liked it. It was fine. It's fine. That's yeah. good to hear. I don't know. I just, yeah, I guess I'm nervous anytime it's someone that I'm, like, yeah i don't know that you like yeah yeah you should try it and then give him the direct feedback if it's yeah no i gave him direct feedback and i yeah 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 wrote him like a long thingy so that's a good idea dirty girl tools has uh foot fetish tools is what they call them Mm -hmm. i have some of them i don't really use them anymore i use them a uh, i use them a little bit but you know the wood shit sands down a little bit which is a factor but yeah. Uh, that's with any wood tool, though, so. Yeah. I didn't love those. Um, they were okay, but I think I have one that I use that's much cheaper, so I like that more because it's cheaper, smaller, easy to hold. That is nice. Okay. Yeah. It's by Van Gilder. Sorry, I should have said what it was. Yeah, the Van Gilder foot rib. Um, usually... I can't remember the price off the top of my head, but I use I use one of his cutoff wires for throwing off the hump. Have you ever used that one? Do you throw no, off the I hump? No, I haven't used that one. I I have thrown off the hump. I went through a long period of of really enjoying that, and now I haven't for a while. Mm. But it's a string on a stick, but that's what I use to cut all my stuff off the hump. So <laughs> it works. You know, I heard someone recently saying that they only use fishing wire. They're like exclusively they only use fishing wire instead of wire tools. And um, I feel like that just makes a lot of sense and would probably save a lot of money. You can make your own wire tools real cheap. Yeah. I feel like I want to get more into the DIY tools just because, like, I feel like I don't hear about those a lot either because people just want to know what you can go out and buy. But I feel like more DIYs could be really entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And I'm sure. sure there's stuff that's out there that is already an existing tool that you could just repurpose. Like that, Yeah. what is that, Becca, that, like, dough metal dough thing to clean bat we clean i clean my bats off with it but a dough cutter oh. dough cutter yeah there you go yeah yeah i use those too those are fantastic yeah you can get them from the dollar store yeah yeah free i found that i don't sometimes. use it with my speckle clay though because it will it scratch will get too sharp and it'll scrape the bat because the grit will yeah get caught. what kind of bats are you guys using speedball speedball oh <laughs> I'm like sponsored by Speedball, kind of, but not really. I don't get paid, I but I get free product from them. So, okay. I um I use I use bats that I made myself back in like 2016. So, what are they made out of? They're made out of double-sided masonite. Okay. 
Got yeah, it. so um, that's what I prefer. And I have a bat holder that I made to for the bats to stick into. So. Okay. Yeah. She has one of those like black pas- plasti bats. That yeah, and that's the holder, fits, and then it's the template that holds the okay. the bats inside it. Yeah, and like oh, that's the biggest question for me is that whenever I do a video, everybody's like, "Where did you get your bat system?" And I'm like, "I fucking made it." That's I get that one all the time too, though. Bat systems. Yeah. That's a big one. So what do yeah. you use? Do you use a bat system? Yeah, I use the Studio Pro Space Saver. Yeah. Which is like those really thick. I think it is still Masonite, but they're they're thick. They're thick and not space saving. I can tell you that. Why are they not? Why are they space saving Hold because on. they're only like four by four or five by five? You you stack twenty of those and they're this high. Yeah, but I guess like they're horizontally space saving, Becca. <laughs> not vertically. You want to save? You can't save all the space. <laughs> I think that you putting your hand in front of your earphone is oh. making you cut out. By the way, <laughs> sorry. That's okay. I I'm. But they don't okay warp though. Them. I would suspect they're that thick because they don't. They don't warp, but they get fuzzy. Fuzzy? They get fuzzy. Fuzzy oh. how? You haven't thrown enough to be at a fuzzy bat stage. I see. Hold on. No, I. <laughs> thrown on these religiously for like four years i don't know that okay well i guess maybe we have different interpretations of fuzzy how fuzzy are you talking fuzzy to me is like when you scrape it part of the wood comes up with it Mm. yeah i guess i haven't had that yet because they're like a little they're not shiny anymore like they're definitely right but like and does it take off pieces of wood with it when the like if you weren't to cut it off, if you're just to let it dry, I honestly never let them dry, so I don't know. That's probably why yours are in pretty good shape still. So if you were to let them like dry up a little bit, sometimes they. So I on my my bats, I barely ever cut off. Um, mm-hmm. I mostly just let them dry. Yeah. Now, if you let them dry most of the way and then pull them off, then you're like. Yeah, you're putting pressure on the bat by right. pulling it off, right? Right, so they can start to get fuzzy. And like on mine, the masonite, it can start releasing from the part below it. The okay. Studio Pros are actually like really compressed hardboard, I think. And yeah. and so they won't release, but they will get super fuzzy. It sounds they... like a you problem, Becca. Huh. Oh, no, it's not me. I... <laughs> I'm talking about Isaac's bats here. Um, oh, I so. thought you were talking about you. You used to use them at Grayskill or something. There was a bunch of them. No, I used them at Isaac's. Oh, um, okay. So, as always, oh, yeah. he's got like 200 Isaac's of those fault. things, probably. Um, Is that but, what he uses? Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know yeah, that. he uses those too. And uh, and like mine were fine. My bats were great. Masonite bats will always eventually get fuzzy, you yeah. know. So my bats were great until I took them to Gravesco, and then they started using them at Gravesco, and then they got shot to shit. And then I took them back, and now I'm, like, literally every day, like, throwing away, like, four of them. I mean, you really got to let those dry out completely, or else they're going to get wrecked, right? Or just, like, yeah, or just, like, treat them nicely. I like to 
put mine on the cement floor when they're wet and that will be the best for drying. Cause I, I don't know why I just found that the cement floor is awesome for them. So, that's so you've already them. scraped them off and you just sit them on the cement floor. Yep. Okay. Well, there you go. Yeah. If anything, it's like the bigger batch system that you have to be concerned about. But what I like about the one from studio pro is it's like reversible. Like you can flip it upside down. So like yeah. if it has bent at all, I'll just flip it the other way. And then they have little like rubber stoppers around the circle that goes around your, goes into your bat pin. Bat pin. Yeah. So um, those little rubber things are great. Cause then if it's at all warped at all, there's still a little bit of give cause you have the rubber. So I can still get it to do its thing. Oh. So there's a hole that goes all the way through it and you could just take that rubber piece and put it on the. You don't have to adjust the rubber thing at all. You can just flip it upside down. Yeah, and that's essentially my bat system is essentially the Studio Bat Pro bat system, except for it's not an inch thick. It's like a quarter okay. inch. It's the thickness of a regular bat. And it's plastic on the outside, so it won't warp. And and then I just put, you know, I just put like a, it's not as tight as the Studio Pro. Actually, it doesn't even, it's not even the same square. It's like not square at all. And Because um, you got the base night ones cut too, so... Or you cut them. I, I have know. two sets, two sets of masonite. So I have one set that I cut myself and I tried to cut them with bat pin holes at first. And mm -hmm. then I cut the bat pin holes off. So you can see like part of the bat pin hole, like <laughs> cut out in the corner. <laughs> and like I cut them on, <laughs> I cut them on my uh, miter saw and they are not straight. Oh. And then, and then. I want to see hope tip like review your bat system <laughs> in between that time she would have a, a heyday in between that super time clean set up with your bat system and they're like things don't even fit and everything she's like i gotta use a knife to get this out and yeah but she has to use a knife too but <laughs> i use a bat lifter which people roasted me for as well yeah because you can just go get a butter knife out of your freaking cabinet anyway moving on so <laughs> so in between the time that i made the bats in 2014 or 15 i then had a old pastor of mine make me i had a square cut he cut out a square did he cut the square out in the center of the bat no it's like a little bit off and so <laughs> so what's really great about it what's really really great about it is that if you take if you take the bat out and then you realize that you need to fix it again and put it back in it's not going to be centered so you oh, can't the, the plastic square is not perfectly the centered. plastic yeah. square is not centered and oh. then <laughs> after that and then after that i had a guy cut a bunch of bats for me for the studio and then i had him cut a bunch of plastic bats but then i told him to cut like little holes to get the you know to get the bats out i cut, had him cut all four corners bad idea terrible design and so it's just it's been through its moments and like it's still it's, kicking though the the bat like fits in but it's got like a lot of like kind of not leeway but it's it fits it's just kind of off <laughs> you have to use a, you have to use a bat made under it <laughs> 
So anyway, for those listening, if you want to buy a Studio Post face saver, you can use my Clay King code. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. What's the code? Um, it is Hope Ten for ten dollars off of a hundred, or Hope Five for five dollars off of fifty. So. Okay. Woo! All right. While you brought that up, I have a question. You can yeah. choose how much you want to talk about this or decide what you can say. Do you get kickbacks on people using that code, like a referral yeah. code? And then also, how do you get, how did you get connected with them and like doing the sponsored posts and stuff with them? Yeah, that's a really good question. So um, I do get kickbacks. So every time that someone uses that code, it does help me um, to make more content. Um, and then they will also pay me for um, a couple videos throughout the month too. So I do those, which is like a set rate, which I don't know if I'm allowed to discuss that. So I won't say it because I just don't want to tiptoe into anything. Yeah. Um, so, but I do get paid for a couple of videos as set content and then everything else um, just comes from the, from using the code. Um, and they actually reached out to me about it, um, just saying like, hey, I don't know if you ever have thought about creating content, but we've seen your reviews and, um, you know, we set up a, a call together and um, the reason that I chose to work with them, and I'll say this because I have worked with other companies and been approached from other companies, um, they made it like super clear right off the bat that I was going to get to choose whatever I wanted to do the reviews on. And that like I had full control over whatever content I was producing. So like when you see me reviewing, like I did the speedball bats one time, like that's because I chose, oh, hey, I like these. I should talk about these and I'll throw in, you know, that you can buy them here at Clayking and, and mm -hmm. save some money. Um, so they have never like sent me a product and said like, we need this one this month. So it is yeah. just like. That's range, great. Which is the only reason I was like, oh, yeah, I'll do that because it's already what I was doing and now I can get paid for it. So. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. And it, they're it, it's not like if you I'm not calling somebody out, but it, it's not like it's like mud tools where it's like you only use that yes. brand of a product. Yeah. And it's like yes. outside of the scope of what you would normally use, you actually yep. they have such a wide range of products that benefit a bunch of different companies and their distributors. So. You know, they make their money off of, you know, let's say they buy it wholesale and then they make their money on whatever. So mm -hmm. the difference. Yeah. So. No, as, as for me with like the style I already was working in as far as like the reviews I was doing, it just it felt like such a natural pairing um, that I didn't really change anything that I was producing. I just was like, oh, hey, now I can tell you guys where to buy it and they'll ship it like the next day. So oh, clicking is like the best. Oh, totally. I, yeah, I mean, I am biased. I have to say that now, but like, <laughs> truly their shipping is like. Yeah, I see their turnaround time is pretty crazy. I bought, my, I bought my kiln and it was there three days later. And a on a kiln. Her, her firebox. I will say wow. though, I will say <laughs> the one thing that I think is hilarious, but awesome about them is that one time I ordered something. I can't even remember what I ordered mm -hmm. and I could not find it because I was in an apartment at the time. Yeah. And I was like, I called him and I was like, where it says it was delivered and I can't find it. And they're like, Oh, look for like this random ass box that has like no, this weird label on it. It was mm -hmm. a clothing store label. It's like a nondescript oh. box or something. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, I thought that was clothing for somebody else. And they're like, no, we just reuse all of our boxes. Like we, they oh, just like good. get boxes from random places and like yeah. recycle them. Wow. Huh. 
So there you yeah. go. There you go. They're great though. That's interesting. Okay. So were was Clay King the first entity that you started getting paid for hosting? Um they were the first official well, no, I take that back. Um I had done some other stuff for like like where they will like gift you an item and then you'll review things. Um, I I've done that before and that I feel like you have to be really careful with. Cause like, and I always say right up front, if I don't like it, I, you know, you will, you, get, you will still it. review yeah, it. Or do you say, if I don't like it, I'll tell you. And then you can choose whether you want me to review it or not. Or is um, it, I, I, it's where I feel like this relies more on like a moral <laughs> decision. So if it's a small company, and it's like super tiny, I'll just send them the direct feedback and I'll say like, hey, these are some of the issues I had with this. Cause like, I don't want to go online and like bash something. I, just because I had a negative experience with one product doesn't mean that the whole company is bad or even necessarily that the tool is bad. Um, but you know, I feel like I don't want to, if there's something that's room for improvement, I feel like I can note that one-on-one and then that's even more beneficial to them, I think. Um, so yeah, and that that has not happened very often. I think maybe just like one time or something like that, where I was like, oh, I didn't love this. So I just wrote to them and I said like, hey, I wasn't a huge fan, you know. Um, so do you still get a number of tools now and you choose which ones you want to review? And like, if you don't like something, you still feel obligation to review it and give an honest yeah. critique? Or do you say, I'm just not going to do that third one, even though I, I only need, because I only need two. No, I'll still review it. Um, I will, I'll never, I'll never do like sponsored content that's negative. So like, for example, if I, if I ordered a tool from Clay King and I bought it and I didn't have a good experience with the tool, I'll still review the tool. Um, but I won't mark it as like a Clay King sponsored tool because like, I'm not. Oh, okay. Do you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah. Cause you're, cause you'll do two paid sponsored ones, Yeah. but you're still going to review X yeah, number I still of tools in a, a month. Ton of other things. So there's still a bunch of things that I review that are not sponsored in any way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I think it's really important that you do share tools that don't go well because it's like that is almost as valuable as a tool that does go really well as saying, like, yeah, I use this one. It was not it for me. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm not sponsored. <laughs> Becca's like not shy about saying what she doesn't like about tools. I, I mean, but, that's fair though. But yeah. also, I feel like Becca, you kind of, you kind of treat them based on the workhorse aspect as well. I like, do. Like you're for sure. looking for, yeah. can this last, and does it do the job well enough that I would yeah. choose to add it to my short list of tools, sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, like I have a Giffen grip, and I hate Giffen grips, but I have to use them for what I have. Uh-huh. You know, and I mean, like, I don't, I don't hate them. I think it's a good, it's, it's a good idea. Uh I think that it could be designed a little bit better, but like, you know, but for the longest time, it was like, give a grip. And then when you start working production, you're like, well, you got to, you know, it makes it go so much faster. Like, unless you can do something wide and use a foam bat, but now I I sand everything. I can't. Mm-hmm. I literally cannot do what I do without a giving grip. Like, I, I think I said this last week or two weeks ago, but I tried to put, I made a drill bit attachment with sponges on the end so I could put my cup onto the sponges mm-hmm. and then run the drill and then sand on it 
while it was running, but you can't do it unless it's at full blast. And so, like... <laughs> and so, I'm, Hot like, standing... Now. I'm, like, standing a cup, traveling, like, 200 miles an hour. One of them flew across the room. And, like... Yeah, so I had to get I had to get a Giffen Grip Mini. Yeah. Thankfully, I traded it for a cup and two cups, so I didn't have to pay for Hennessy it. Hennessy I'm so upset. I mean, like, I'm jealous is what it is. I'm not upset. I'm jealous. <laughs> oh, tons of people got shit for free there. I I I basically was like, I was I showed him my stuff, and that was just like a weird thing. Like somebody walked past me with a fidget stone and was like this shit is amazing and then <laughs> i just happened to have my stuff there because i was demoing that day and so and he was like oh my dad would really like this but he only likes cone 10 stuff and i was like well just don't tell it <laughs> getting after though if you don't know it's not cone 10 just don't tell him yeah yeah so anyway they yeah they traded me and i actually ended up getting a demo model instead of a brand new one okay all right. Yeah. Well, still, uh, it's a great deal. I mean. Yeah. No, it was a great deal for me, for that's for sure. Yeah. Mhm. Yeah. So with, I feel like you've, re- and I feel like you've recently mentioned about. I feel like it was something about giving. Uh, I feel like it was giving like free marketing or free advertising for some. I don't know if it was a product or company. Yeah. But it sort of seems kind of in that realm of whether it was tagging companies or if it's like promoting something that you're not getting Mm -hmm. paid for. Mm -hmm. Can you kind of talk about like what that entailed and like why, Yes. what you kind of meant by that? Yeah. Well, I'm wondering, I'm recently, I think I mentioned, um, I guess I'm in this kind of weird place where it's like, I clearly am taking on some sponsorships. Like I work with clicking, I work with, um, Garrity tools and I do their tools a month thing now. So it's like, it's very clear on my page that I am taking some sponsorships. And so it's like, I always want it to be super clear, like when it's a sponsorship thing versus when it's just like, I I bought this myself and now I'm doing this review of things. Um, and it, so like, I, I'm trying to make sure that those things are super clear. And I feel like what's been happening more recently is like, I'll purchase something myself and then a brand will reach out and they'll be like, Hey, like we saw your video and like, we want to reshare it to our page. Like, is that okay? And I'm, I'm kind of dealing with like a, I don't know how to handle that right now because it's like, I mean, if I really like the tool and they like the reviews and it's like, that's really cool. But it's also like, well, but I do know that like my reviews do influence people to some extent and I work hard on them and I would like to be compensated if it's going to give them, Mm -hmm. you know, a big boost in sales on their page or whatever. So I'm kind of struggling with that personally right now. Because like, you, you as a business and as a person have credibility with your tour yeah. reviews. So people trust right. what you say. Yeah. So if you were to post it for free, so are you getting to a point where you're going to ask, this is what I require? Like yeah, X I number am. of dollars per post, like 50 bucks a post or a hundred dollars a post or something, if you were to reshare it? I kind of think so, but I feel like that sounds terrible, but I also am kind of like, I don't know, is being compensated for your time, like, not, I don't know, it's hard, it's hard when I feel like what they've done is they've turned it into an ad, that's really what it comes down to, is like, yeah, when it's regular user-generated content, that I think is like, reshare it as much as you want, but it's when you repost it to their own account, and it comes across now as an ad, 
when like I openly do create basically ads for other companies, I feel like it gets a little messy and it gets a little confusing for the audience too of like, oh, but now this account shared her thing. So like, is she working with them? And when it's like, no, I just bought that tool. And then mm-hmm. is there a way and... also you could be like, uh, referral code uh, like or something like that? No, like at the beginning, just be like, this isn't sponsored. And like, yeah, like also, but also then, you know, maybe charge them. I think you should charge them. I don't know. It's such a, a newish kind of thing. Yeah. And, I, and particularly in like the pottery realm, most people have not done this kind of like stuff, I guess. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, it's just, it's new. And I mean, I had one time where I did, I bought a tool myself and I did a review. And then the company, without asking me, turned it into an ad on their page. And they linked, like, where to buy the stuff and, like, all that jazz. And no one had, like, talked yeah. to me prior. They just, like, took the footage, downloaded it, re-uploaded it, and turned it into a full-on advertisement. Um, and I that one I did not like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I ended up reaching out to them. And um, at first I commented on – no, first I sent them a message. And I was like, hey – no one from your team reached out to me, but if you're interested in working with me, you know, let me know and I'm happy to, we can schedule a meeting and we can talk about this or whatever. And I got nothing. And then um, I think I said in that same message, I was like, but you know, it's confusing to my audience. So if you could please remove this because I don't, it looks like I have a, a partnership with you and like, we don't have a partnership. Um, and then I didn't get anything back from them. And then I think after a couple hours, maybe, and this was like within minutes of seeing the video, I had messaged them. And then a couple hours later, it was still up there and people were messaging me. They're like, are you working with so-and-so now? And I was like, no, like mm. really not. Right. Um, so I did comment on the post, which then they finally took it down and then they never wrote back to me. They just like, so what did you, what do you comment on the post in that situation? Um, I think I comment something along the lines of like, hey, so glad that you like my video. Um, There must have been an overstep, but no one contacted me before resharing it. You know, I would appreciate if you could move the post. So it's still graceful. And if anybody comes to it, they'll see your comment very. I try to leave it as like, this must have been a total honest mistake that like, you, you know, it was just an oversight. Um, because like, I mean, I still want to be gracious about it, but also like it's, it's violating, um, gosh, not FTC guidelines, but, um, the Instagram terms of service probably yeah, of it is. It, it's copyright, copyright and stuff like that. It's my footage. And, um, you also just companies cannot take your content and turn it into an ad. It's not legally like you can't do that. You have to ask. Yeah. Permission. Right. So. Yeah. I, I sometimes like I will do. I can see the delineation of like collaborative posts because normally you're doing voiceover so that you're not using like copyright audio and stuff like that. Yeah. So it's, it's one of those where you can typically do collaborative posts, but I see where you're saying, this is where I'll draw a line. I will not do a collaborative post if that's what you tend to do unless I'm getting paid for that. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I was, I was always like, Oh, well, I mean, I really like this product. So I might do collaborative posts sometimes with like, kiln shelf for instance or i always collaborative post speedball if i can because we partner but i don't actually get paid for anything unless i did the nsika thing i did get paid for the demos at nsika but i don't get paid for any of the content that i make in collaboration with them because they give me free product but that's where it's like 
there is a line where it's like, where's the free product? And like, how much does it cost them to give you free stuff yep. when they're get like, what is the give and take here? So totally. Yeah. And I mean, I think too, it's like you as a, as someone producing a video, like if it was a gifted item, according to Instagram, that has to be openly disclosed. Um, to my understanding, you don't have to mark it as an ad because they didn't pay you to produce like the content basically. But like if, if the item is gifted, you should disclose that the item was gifted. So I do try to be really clear about that too, but. Right. Yeah. And I'm sure some, some people that follow you, they know you do all these cool things and you get paid. So some people probably assume that everybody gives you the tools and you can just call out companies and just say, Hey, can I get this tool? And you're getting it for free. Yeah. It doesn't work that way. At least it hasn't for me. Um, I don't know that I've, I think maybe Diamond Core, I've said like, hey, I really want to try this thing. Um, and then they'll send me some things. But I think they're the only group that I've ever really asked for like, Yeah, you know. they're pretty gracious about the the artists they partner with of giving product. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I definitely feel like it feels iffy to do that ask because you're like, can I get this thing for free? When it's like, they've already kind of given you a lot of stuff for free. So it's yeah. like, you feel like they've, given way more than you've given and it's yeah. like how much weight does my say and tagging hold totally yeah and i feel like too something that people kind of forget about is like most of these ceramic companies are like family-owned small businesses yeah. i think it's easy to think that it's like this massive corporation or something like that or maybe not even massive just a larger business than it really is but like at least through Enseco, what I've realized over the years is like, no, all of these are like family run businesses. Yep. So it's like, you know, you want to make sure you're doing right by everyone, you know. It is crazy. Like, okay, so even even the big businesses, you kind of like don't realize how human they are at their core, you know? Mm-hmm. Like my very first uh wholesale order was from starbucks and um that's so cool it was weird um (laughs) i was not ready but (laughs) but other than that it was good but like you when you go into the meeting and you're like oh these people don't know what they're doing either like you know you just you're just like oh okay they just kind of slid. They somehow are in this position under this mm-hmm. big name of Starbucks, mm-hmm. but still, yeah, yeah. they're still humans, and they still have flaws and things that right, they don't like know. Right, like the graphic like, designer. The graphic designer was literally my boss's brother, and like we found out in the meeting. You know, it's like crazy stuff like that, yeah. and like her talking about LNL, even like Scott and stuff like that. LNL has like thirteen and thirty employees, I think, and like I'm sure Scott has more, but like it's probably less than a hundred, you know. And, like, you don't, you think about these big-ass kiln companies, and you think about, like, how they must have so many people. Mm-hmm. But they don't. They don't. Yeah. And, and their overhead's higher. They, they produce these high-ticket things, but they might not make that much money on them yeah. once you like, pay the labor and the equipment and materials like, and all that shipping. Like, J.R. Pottery Farms? J.R. Pottery Farms? It's Jeff. It's just Jeff. It's like it Jeff. Really? Yeah, it's like Jeff and, like, three employees. <laughs> I kind of love that more, though. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, like, he's just... Oh, I fucking love him. 
uh, he, yeah, I was like, so who do you like share? Like, do you, are you a partner with him? He's like, no, it's just me. <laughs> I think it might be one other person, but yeah. Like you think about, you're like, wow, but you're pumping out all of this equipment and all of these things. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> and then but the it, companies have had to get up to speed with social media where it's like, this is a big driver of business and like making you successful as a small business, not yeah. just as an artist, but as a company. So it's like right. a, a lot of companies are getting on board and like understanding the benefit of our art, individual artists okay. promoting products and some are still lagging, but, but yeah. And, yeah. Then it, and then it goes to the next level of like, where do you ask? I just think it was like, I'm putting good karma out and I'm like going to cash those tickets in at some point, but when am I going to ask to cash those tickets in, you know? Well, yeah, and that's exactly, I, I mean, I haven't really been getting paid for any of this stuff for very long. Like, I have not been doing the sponsored stuff for very long. I did, like, a solid year and a half of, like, producing usually six or seven videos a week, just totally, like, because I thought this would be cool, and there was, like, no financial gain to it. I mean, other than, like, yes, my work was exposed more, so, like, when I did sell pots, it was good, but, like, I, the vast majority of my experience on Instagram has been 100% unpaid just purely because I was like, this is cool and I like doing these things, so I'm going to yeah. do it. Yeah. But the getting I, paid yeah. element's new. I love reviewing stuff and I'm jealous. I think it's great. You were, you were even reviewing a little bit of that, uh, that Meta Verified recently, so that's kind of oh. interesting. I was. Hold on, my AirPod died. I'm gonna switch to the one that I was charging. Okay. We're we're already thirty minutes over. I'm sorry, but <laughs> oh, I'm having if, a great time. But I can okay, okay. If you if you guys want me to, like, okay, no that's worries. great. That's great. I was like, <laughs> we're at the will of her AirPods. <laughs> you can it even take sing. the AirPods out. You sound fine without them. Oh, do I? Hold yeah. On. Okay. Is this okay? Yeah. My ears are so happy to not have things in them. Oh, are, they the, are they the old AirPods or are they the new noise canceling ones? I think these are the, the old ones. Oh. Those are much more comfortable, in my opinion. The the right. the AirPod Pros they are not comfortable. I don't know. Yeah, I uh every time after the end of the podcast, I like Ryan's witness it every time. I like take the ear AirPods uh, or the earphones off, and I'm like, ah. Yeah, it's like, like my ears are in a sauna right now. I mean. Yeah. 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 Well, and also right now, what you guys can't hear and I can hear is that I turned in, I don't know why, but I plugged in my computer to charge it. And now there's a ringing in my ear. And I don't, it's like kind of like a static electricity situation happening. Uh-huh. Don't know why, but it's happening okay. and that's where we're at. Okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> so what are your thoughts on the Meta Verified so oh, far? It, yeah. It's brand new. I think it's like a month old, maybe. Oh, yeah, we had a talk about this, like, right away when that yeah. happened. Yeah, so mm, it's $14.99 a month. Which and is a I lot. Feel like, yeah, I feel like that needs to be established because I think a lot of people think that's, like, a year, a month, $14.99. Um, and you get the blue check mark, which allegedly means that they have checked your ID and you are 100% the person that you say that you are. So that's supposed to be useful to help people identify that like this is a real account. Um, And then you're supposed to get this like bonus support team. So like if you have a claim for something like whatever, 
you should be able to get faster support because they're supposed to have extra help for people that like have paid for that service. Um, and so far that has not been the case. <laughs> so um, I, I'm gonna give it a couple more months before I take like a hardstead like stance on it. But at the moment, I am like not sure what I'm paying for because I have yet to see it like. Yeah. Well, I think, I think from a business standpoint, from their side, they have to anticipate we're going to roll this out. They yeah. do it country by country and they get yeah. it very tailored so that they don't overwhelm their system as well as yeah. open the risk of more people being disappointed and it just flopping and then news get cut, whatever. Right, right. So they have to control like, okay, what team do we have dedicated to building the system? And then what team do we have to maintain it and support it? And what kind of engagement level are we going to get? Like how many people are actually going to pay for it? Yeah. And then is that money going to offset the people we need to fund to pay to support it? So I think that's part of it. It's just growing pains, in my opinion, just from working in tech and like, like you don't know, it's a new feature. So totally. And like the scale that they're at, you don't know how many, like if they're all in the US, how many people are actually going to do it? Right. Yeah. And then I think I'm I'm guessing they have to have humans that manually verify IDs and stuff at the beginning just to do that yeah. to make sure. I don't think I mean there might be some AI involved in there, but I think I got approved after like a day or something once I submitted my information. But yeah, um, I'm guessing there's humans helping with the onboarding part portion just to get people in the system so they get the money flowing, mm -hmm. and then you know then they get the support side of it like how much time and effort do they focus on that and do they offshore some of that support right you know i don't know so yeah i mean i'm super curious because i've avoided using the word giveaway because anytime i do i just get like tons of imposter account things where they're yeah. like trying to scam people but <laughs> because i allegedly you almost count on it <laughs> extra protection i um i do think my next one i'm going to call it a giveaway and see when those accounts pop up, are they managed? Because according to what I've read from Instagram, you know, the whole thing is that I'm verified. So if someone is pretending to be me, which is what they do, they take my name, my profile picture, my bio, everything's copy and pasted. You know, if they're pretending to be me and I'm verified, I should, that should be the exact scenario where they how do you think they do that systematically? Do you think they're plugging in that image and cross-referencing it with familiar images in the system of verified accounts? And that's a, a step of of validating you? Because what's to stop them from putting like a luminary picture? Right. That's How do you question. think they would do that? I mean, at least from the experience that I've had, the, the spam accounts always take my profile picture. Um, I've never had them use any other image. They always copy and paste the profile because they want it yeah, to look true. identical to me. Right. So I'm, that's a good question, though. If they use something else, I don't know if they would catch it. Yeah, I think it. ideally it would be that the customer or the, the user would be smart enough to know that there's not a verified badge with it. So don't yeah. trust it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe there is another level of authentication that happens when accounts get created. Does it get cross-referenced to mm -hmm. existing verified accounts? Mm -hmm. And if they're close enough, they will yeah. stop them from being created. But yeah, 
I mean, it seems like it'd probably be pretty easy to create new accounts. So I don't know if it, right. at that scale of how many new accounts are created every day, especially spam accounts like. Right. I don't know if that's reasonable, but maybe. Or maybe yeah, it's like expedited like... when there's a threat of somebody. Right. All I know is I want to test it because I just want to yeah. Because what, what did you do your last one? What did you call it? You called it something special, but I can't um, remember what you called it. I, I called it, I said everyone was invited to the party and you could win a goodie bag. And I we just called it the goodie bag. There was no like. The goodie bag. Yep. Um, and that worked? That worked. I had no imposter accounts, at least nothing that anyone like alerted me to. So Nice. Yeah. And I also did a video though, which I normally just do a still photo. Mm -hmm. And instead I did a video because I thought that would be harder to cut because I literally in the video have a whole blurb where I'm like, people want to pretend to be me and don't give me your social security number. And like, that is not me if they're asking for that. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I think just like when some of the, I'm sure you see comments that come into your posts when you, you have something and then you get those automatic comments that'll pop in. Like, they're definitely scanning hashtags. They're looking for yes. the most recent things on hashtags. Yes. And then they, like, you can automate going into a post and submitting a comment and, like, yeah, yeah. it's automated. They don't have, there's not people manually doing that. So, yeah. And I would suspect they're doing the same thing for giveaway. And there's, like, a playbook that they run when they see a giveaway post. They yes. go look at the account. Yeah. Yeah, no, totally. And you can ban words. So like I have banned phrases so people can't leave a comment that's like DM us something. So like no, I, I saw that. Yeah. I need to do that. I saw you had a list of about eight to ten or maybe more than that, but Yeah, it works sometimes. Cool. Yeah, some of them say like send pick or whatever. Yeah, because like not no normal person is gonna say that. Like Right. Have you seen have you seen some comment sections where it's like really long blurbs and it seems really thoughtful and then they get to the end and it's like something something changed my life. <laughs> it's like, yeah, they're like, you super got like, me, damn it. <laughs> I well, because I always read them too and I'm like, oh my gosh, they're like this life story and then it's like, but then this weight loss pill changed everything for me and now you can buy it here and I'm like, great, thank you. I just wasted thirty seconds of my life reading. This yeah, thing. but I get invested. They hook me in the beginning. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> yeah yeah i so why did you decide to do it i paid for it too i got it i think i'm one month in okay yeah, why did I'm you decide to do it too. i did it because i i think since since now i am using instagram as a form of income i'm kind of like anything extra i can do to make sure that like something's not going to happen to that account the better so I kind of did it just as like, I view it as like, okay, this is a business expense. I am hoping it helps with the security stuff where like, you know, if I file something, it can get handled more quickly. Um, but at the end of the day, I think I was like, well, if I'm making income on this, then I guess I can do $14.99 a month to like ensure some form of safety for that income. Yeah. Yeah. I looked at it similarly with the security side. They do require you to two-factor authenticate too. Uh, any everybody should be doing that anyways but absolutely yeah you feel i feel so bad whenever i see those things where it's like my account got hacked i don't know if it's because i don't have two-factor authentication on but i would suspect a lot of times it is you don't have two-factor authentication yeah. on well old forge creations was hacked um not that long ago he said his account was down for a full week and he has two-factor wow mm. did he say how that happened was i don't think he did i think he just said it was 
was it phishing or something? I would suspect it was probably a phishing attack or something like that, where they send you an email and expect you to click something to sign in or. Yeah. I don't know that he ever went into detail about it. I just know he said it was gone for a week and then he was like, everybody should have a mailing list <laughs> just in case your whole business crashes. Right. I remember that. Yeah. Scared me. So do you, yeah, I was going to say, do you ever have those thoughts where you're like, Oh, I think I do. Like there are some times and I'm like, if Instagram went away tomorrow, like would I be cool with that? And there's like this big part of me that's like, I'd be so sad about all that lost footage and like all that lost time. But there is this other part of me that's like, man, that'd be pretty cool for like a week of just like, it's done. You're not on it. It doesn't exist for you. Just like, not there. Oh, man. And you're starting back at zero potentially. Or like, Mm -hmm. I mean, it just feels like it happens often enough that you feel like there's no... There's nothing you can do. Like, you're one raindrop in a lake of people. Like, what gives you the the confidence that, like, you could get that back? I mean, hopefully. Hopefully the Verified gives you more priority. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I guess when I started it, I didn't have any intention of doing anything with it. So I'm kind of like, well, maybe if you just go into it like that again, I'm like, all right, we're just going to post videos it'll I don't know it'll find that's people. how it all starts right yeah I had no intention when I started doing all of this of like I want to be Instagram famous and have a blue mark I don't I yeah. just I was having fun <laughs> yeah the other thing I was I was thinking it the the blue mark inherently will it does get atten- it, it gets your attention when you see somebody like something with a blue mark hmm it shows in your, I don't know if it shows in your priority section of your notifications, but it, it almost always puts it at the front of the so-and-so blue check mark and 45 others liked whatever. Like, it does get attention. So even if it's just for that one click that you click on their profile and you're like, who is this? Yeah. Like, that will garner some sense of attention and credibility and like, oh, this person's commenting. And when you scroll through comments, like, I my eye gets drawn to people that have check marks. I'm totally. like, this is somebody that has some following of sorts, but it's like, yeah. you know, click one click away. Who are they? So mm-hmm. in a sense, I hope it's like maybe just a little bit of credibility, but also, I don't know. It, it's a business expense for me too. So it's like, why not do that? Yeah. So hopefully yeah. it's like. I was surprised that you did it. Really? Yeah, you're the cheapest motherfucker I know. It's $15 a month. Like, it's a business expense. I'll spend money on business expenses, though, Becca. If it's, like, reasonable. Sure. Not buying a new kiln. That's not, like, like I'm not going to just do that all the time. But sure. I, I don't have that many subscriptions to anything. Like, I'm, like, very, like, ugh. Yeah. That's fair. I have to ask this, though, since we're talking about verified, because people asked me this and I had never thought about it. Um, Do you feel any type of way about purchasing the verification versus like getting the verification before you could buy it? Ooh, I do feel like it delegitimizes, not delegitimizes it. Maybe it does. It delegitimizes the people that had to earn it on their own, where it's like, yeah. Yeah. What the, like it feels weird to say, hey, person that you already had it, 
you need to now pay us for something that you already earned. That seems a little shady. Like, it seems like they should be grandfathered in. Like, they shouldn't have to pay for it. Do they have to pay for it? I don't know. I've heard that they they started asking them to pay for it. Oh, I hadn't heard that. But I I guess, okay, that's interesting. Huh. I I think that's bullshit. I think you'd have to. They shouldn't have to pay for it. We'd have to ask somebody that is verified and see if they were approached for that. Or maybe it's like, hey, you get it for the first six months for free. Oh. I don't know. I'm just throwing something out there of like what incentive would they give? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I just know that some people were messaging me about it and they're like, well, isn't it like a little embarrassing? And I was like, I never thought of that. I mean, I could see where it's like, oh, you like you choose to do it as a status thing, which is partially what I just said, the reason why I did it. But it's also like. I also have the funds and I can do it. It's not like a hit to me. I want to do it. I can try it and then decide to back off of it and not do it. Yeah. But like, we'll see what happens. Yeah. I'm sure some people are like flagging the ground like I am not doing it. But that's like, all right, that's your you can decide to do whatever you want. Yeah. I mean, I think I've just told people I'm like, if it's your business and it's a business expense, I think it's fine if it's going to actually provide that extra protection in some format, you know, then I think it's great. Um, but I was like, for my personal account, I would never, cause I don't really care. <laughs> yeah. What would be the, you would have to have some financial reason to do it. I think so. Yeah. I wouldn't, if you're just a personal account, why would you do that? Yeah. I don't know. I did see this is, I like re- reading weird drama online cause it's entertaining. Apparently, there's a lot of dog accounts that are really mad that their dogs can't get verified. Oh, my God. They that's don't amazing. have a matching license. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That is hilarious. I don't know where I saw that. But then I found this whole thread about, like, the pet community is really outraged that their pets oh can't be gosh. verified. And I was like. I can totally see that. Can't you? I mean, and honestly, if they're making money off of it, there are dog influencers out there, like a hundred percent. There are, yeah, they're definitely so like, cat influencers too. Yeah, yeah. What about what about what's his face? His cat, the chef, Bob, uh, uh, Bob, Bobby Flay. Bobby Flay has a cat who has an Instagram. See, that's, that's well, hilarious. but like, how do you verify that it's Bobby Flay's cat? Should Bobby Flay's cat be verified? Does Bobby Flay's cat have a right to not being impersonated? Maybe yeah. the cats, maybe the cats can be, the cats and dogs can be uh, verified with a green check mark. Do you send them like your vet records? <laughs> <laughs> you send them like a paw print identifier? Yeah. Yeah. The paw print database? I guess people were saying that you could like change the account to like a person's name. But you'd have to have the person in the profile because that was another thing about Verify is you had to change your profile picture to be an actual photo of yourself that matched your ID. Right. I'm I'm sure there's also accounts that are intentionally anonymous or like business entities that Mm -hmm. are not people. So those companies will never get verified? Yeah. I mean, because like, they? grandfathered in or something like that yeah um, yeah there's I a mean, lot of accounts like that yeah huh i, would I didn't i didn't really think did, did you consciously look at accounts that 
I don't notice a ton of the accounts that I already follow that are verified. I probably a handful, but I don't notice like, oh, did I consciously look at them and see if they're no longer verified or? I don't think I've ever consciously looked at it. Um, I think the only reason I've noticed that people are verified is because their profile picture will often change. Because most potters, we don't want our face as our picture. I mean, I, I had a pot and I was cool with that. And now it's like my professional headshot. Oh, that begs a question. Yours, yours is your professional headshot, though. Mine is my face, too. Yeah. Ooh, but I was yeah. like, what about Old Forge? Was Old Forge ever? Because he does not show his face. See, I guess that's what I'm thinking. I think of a lot of logos. Was he ever verified? I don't think so. Joe? No. Because I don't think he would ever get verified if he had to put his face on his profile. He's very intentional about that. He's super intentional about that. And I think a lot of other people are too, though. Like, I think a lot of people are just pots and hands. Yeah. Don't you think it's funny in these days that, like, we're talking about verified accounts and it's, like, X number of years ago. It's like, what? But it's, like, a completely new thing, right? It's, like, your content yeah. creation and you, you have a different thing that you're pursuing. Yeah. Oh, I want to toss this out there, too. And, again, you can kick me off if we're getting way too late. <laughs> like, just tell me, like, hope, go to bed. Like, that's totally fine. Well, we usually um, start these at 930, so. Oh. We usually start them at 930 and go till midnight, so. We're yeah. not going to midnight because uh, <laughs> yeah, that's not happening, but. <laughs> I right. can't go till midnight. I cannot <laughs> do that. <laughs> I have work tomorrow. <laughs> um, okay, so they ended... They ended this the bonus program on Instagram oh, like the yes. same month that they started paid subscriptions. Does anyone else think that's a little like? Wait, you're talking about verified, not paid subscriptions. Oh, sorry. So paid subscriptions yes, have been a thing, right? Yeah, I misspoke. Sorry. Verified. Yeah. Ooh, I don't know. That was definitely. I mean, like it was originally supposed to be a quote unquote trial, mm-hmm. but it mm. definitely like. I don't know. That was that was a bitch move. I wonder sure. how I want because I I heard from I want to say from Kurt because he did it like really early on when they started it because it was like invite only and yeah they were testing it out so he I I don't remember you did or maybe Becca did there was like I a did. threshold and you got to this dollar like you got to one hundred twenty dollars really easily or something and then the next like fifty dollars was a drag to get so. Yeah. And then Becca was like, well, then they opened it to more people and then that pool gets lower and lower. So it's like now the next number to hit is like $100 and that's easy. Yeah. So I think it started at like 250 or something like that. And then it went down to 100 Yeah. Yeah. So it's, I don't know. I wonder how much money they put out to pay people in the program. I, I'm guessing it was a trial period of like, we're yeah. going to do this for three months with X number of people. Yeah. And this is how much money is going to cost. This is how much money the business is going to get from people that put out reels that make money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I, think I will it was just tell a you. Habit of getting people to be familiar with producing reels as well. As long as that incentive's there, then why would you stop producing reels? I have my uh, 1099 over there from Facebook of how much they gave me that I forgot to put into my taxes. Ah, oh, fuck. Oh, 
Did you just remember you forgot to put that in your taxes? Well, and you just admitted it on a podcast. And I want to cut that. She's like, timestamp. <laughs> Is that what you're doing? Uh-oh. She's silent. Silence. <laughs> Paying taxes on that did did make me sad, though. Yeah, because you're well, it's also direct deposit. So sometimes I forget about it. I'm like, oh, it's like, mm-hmm. OK, I need to look at my bank statement and see what what I made and log it and all that and account for it. You get into this groove of producing the content. I think it was just a way for. Getting people to to get used to producing it mm-hmm. because, you know, TikTok was a competitor. They yeah. had to keep up. And I think that's part of it, of what it was I, um i don't know is it still recording okay i, I had gonna... to start i had to start it again becca so hopefully it, i'm sure it kept it but oh i'm sure it kept it okay yeah good to know we i thought can't you, remember what i was saying did you technically drop off or did you intentionally drop off there i technically dropped off i don't know how because i do have internet mm. so. That new T-Mobile. I don't know. No, no, no. I'm on Brandon's Wi-Fi. Oh, okay. There you go. So. Don't know. But it's happened twice, so. I don't know. You were saying something about the uh, reels and stuff. Did you make more than you thought you made? Oh. I mean, like a thousand bucks or something like that. Like I mean, that's not nothing. Like, that's I forgot to good. put it in my taxes. I didn't know that I had it, so that's there's that. <laughs> we thought that's why you dropped off because you were like, "Oh yeah. shit, shouldn't have said that." But Oop, you're whoop, having a panic attack stamp. about taxes. <laughs> no, 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 no. I it's like a thousand bucks. What are they gonna do? Like I forgot. I have it now, but I'm also yeah. pissed that it's like fucking Facebook. Like it's Facebook. Yeah. Send it electronically. Yep. Like <laughs> what? Yeah, so that yeah, was they sent me they sent me a first one for reels and then they sent me one for my subscribers and then they sent me a follow up one for reels because I guess they got it wrong the first time. So I ended up having three different tax documents from Facebook this year. Oh. Ridiculous. Wait, so you produce subscriptions as well? Mm-hmm. Ooh. What do you put yeah. in there? Um, I do one live a month and that's it. I keep it bare minimum and I charge the lowest possible amount, which is ninety nine cents. Oh, okay. How, How many, many people are in there? I have 99. Wow. Hey. Nice. Yeah. So there's so only nice. one subscription level. I think I did hear that. Yep. You can only choose one option. Yeah. I, do, well, I could do one live a month. I mean, that's what, plus then it's like it, 99 cents. Everyone can feel like, oh, if you really want to support someone, like, you know. Do the subscription, and then you get a bonus live. And people like the lives because it's teaching in real time. So, if you do that, Becca, I think you should do the Patreon live a month in addition to. So, if you have two devices or something, because you're already people are already paying you for Patreon. So, I feel like you should. I need to just quit Patreon to be honest. Why though? It's money. You're getting money for me. Just Why about would you... to say, do you like Patreon? Because I was thinking about. <laughs> well, I think somebody like you would be good at Patreon for my. I loved it. Oh. Yeah, she she was using Patreon for right. probably a year and a half it. or so. Yeah, for like 
when I was in the studio and I was actually making things, uh-huh. but then my life became chaotic. And I moved into a van. And now I'm not making things all the time. Like right now you can tell that I'm making things because I like have videos out every day and like I'm doing I've been watching them. (laughs) Yeah. So like I've been doing a lot more videos and that's just because it's there. I'm not a planner. Yeah. 150% no plans. So like if it's there and I can do it, I'll do it. But if it's not, then it's not. And I just basically put out a note on my Patreon that was like, hey guys. I, I don't know what to tell you. I'm not yeah. going to be here. And yeah. if you want to leave, go for it. If you don't, that's totally fine. And I even, like, messaged somebody. Like, it was somebody that messages me all the time. And they became a Patreon member, like, this month. Okay. And I messaged them. And I was like, are you sure you want to do this? Yeah. And they're like, yeah, that's fine. I'm, like, home from school. Because they're a teacher. And yeah. she's like, I'm just going through your old videos. And I'll just cut it off later. You know? And so I think that people like that about it, but I do know that some people do like the Patreon route a lot. Me and I will say my studio mate don't, we're not, it's not for us. Yeah. It's just too much. So um, it's another social media platform basically that you have to add content to. And we, we have it for the podcast. It is very passive. We don't really do anything with it. We have like 12 patrons. I looked Becca. you, you have 12 patrons. It looked like, so it's like, Oh really? I have 12 now. I yeah. was at like 45. Yeah, so it's okay. it's like yeah. it's another thing that you have to do. Um, we found that there's not much engagement, but also we haven't had big numbers. So I wouldn't say yeah. that you would. It depends on the content you put on you there. You really just have to be active. Yeah. I don't know that I want to be active anymore, to be it honest. Feels like you're, it, yeah. it sometimes feels like you're yelling yeah. into the void if you don't have any engagement in there. So it's like, why am I producing this content for nobody to engage with it? Like, sure, they pay you to get in the door, but if they're right. not doing anything in there, they're just sitting along. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. I kind of like the subscriber. Up, like, I like the way you did that because I've been trying to. I was like, oh, subscribe subscriptions might be fun, but I'm not going to be doing a lot of stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think the first month I had it, I was like gung ho. I was like, I should be doing all these things and trying out all the features. And I did. And then I was like, I hate this. This is so much more than I'm able to handle right now. So then I, um, I always kept it at 99 cents because I was always like, until I get comfortable, like I do not feel like I can raise the price on this because I don't know yeah. what I'm doing yet. Um, but then I got into the rhythm of like, no, we do one live a month. It's really great. They ask good questions. You know, I, I tell them ahead of time when the live is so people can send in questions if they're not going to be there for the actual thing. And then I just post it and, you know, um, that's great. Are you on the wheel when you're doing the live? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Although this month's live, I'm doing how I photograph stuff for Etsy. So I'm just going to walk them through that process. So, Ooh, um, okay. Yeah. I just kind of change it up depending on what they ask for. How, and there's 99. How many uh, are you getting a decent com- like attendance rate coming to those? Or is it is it like 10 people? It's usually like 10 to 15, and then uh, most yeah. people watch it later and then ask the questions later. Okay, that's good. Oh, nice, nice. Okay. Yeah, which is kind of nice. So. Yeah, maybe I'll do the subscriptions. Yeah, it's kind of, it's just so much, uh, I think it's intentional from Instagram, but they give you all these features so that you can stay in their ecosystem. 
but it's also people know you in that ecosystem so it's just an extension of the same content that they're already coming to expect from you so why would they go to patreon and go to a separate platform to support you and yeah. pay a subscription and all this stuff when it's like stay in the same area and i just get a different tab that i can go into so it's like yeah. it's intentionally like that from instagram point of view but yeah from the user i mean it they probably see your subscriber stuff just like a regular feed post as well in there or they can go there anytime they want and go to it yeah yeah i don't know because we were beck and i were thinking about this from the podcast point of view we're like we want to do something fun as well how do we yeah. add additional value because it is more time of ours totally. but you know you feel like at a point you're nickel and diamond people yes and it's like how much more work is it but it's also your plate is very full hope so it's like you're teaching yeah. and you're producing content for tools and you're getting paid for some of them yeah. but a lot of them you're doing for free and you're making your own work so it's like the balance is hard yeah yeah, yeah. and i and i totally feel like you don't want to i don't want to ask people for money at any point i don't like it it just doesn't feels weird i don't know um, which is why I think I've always tried to say like, well, at least I can make pots. And the best way to support me, if you like what I'm doing is just buy a pot. And then that's where Clay King came in with the coupon code. And I was like, okay, well, that's a nice way to like, you know, if you like what I'm doing, use my code. And then that benefits me too. Um, but yeah, I've had, it was weird. Actually, I was at Enseca and I was walking around with my big shopping bags. I had just like gone crazy and all the tools and, um, someone walked up to me and she's like, is there like, like if if we want you to if we just want to like help you buy tools can we do that and i was like just buy a Ooh. pot and then that does it because <laughs> i people just, want your to tool give you fund things. yeah they well and it was so genuine and it was so just like kind that someone she said she's like you're a teacher i know you're not making that kind of money like <laughs> and i was like i'm not but i have bad spending habits so it's fine no problem it's like like tim the tool man taylor you're like hope the tool woman lemiansky mm -hmm. smith <laughs> exactly i have way too many tools and i love all of them you could have you know what i have in my website is um i just have a little donate to the van fund thing and they yeah. can do like a donation and i you know what i don't get a lot but sometimes somebody adds it on to like a purchase yeah and it's really sweet and nice. And and especially since I do do a lot of teaching. I mean, we do a lot of things for free, you know? Yeah. We all do, all three of us. Totally. And, um, yeah, it's definitely... It is hard to draw that line of, like, okay, yeah. I give all this stuff for free, but where do I say, okay, now you need to pay me for this information. Right. But also, like, you don't see all the time that I'm spending commenting and replying to DMs and all this stuff that's pretty hidden. Uh -huh. But I'm sure a lot of people don't expect you to reply to a DM. So it's like they get a little excitement and they're like, oh, I'm surprised she even replied to me. I try so hard to respond to DMs and I need to stop doing that because it's not good. <laughs> but I really do try. Um, but... I think I get overwhelmed sometimes and like, I don't know, sometimes DMs are great, but sometimes they're just like a lot to take in. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. 
But I mean, I think that's to your point too. When I, when the subscriber thing popped up, I had a moment where I was like, what else do I have to offer you? Like, what? well, for reals, like truly, like what else can I produce that I'm not already doing? That I, I know. And it's like, at some point you're like, can I just like repeat what I said? Like I've, I've, I think that that's a part of the issue with the Patreon thing for me. It was like, how much more can I do without somebody asking questions back? Right. You know, and like, and, and then you're just pointing them to things you've already done. Yeah. And then I'm just like, Oh, exhibit a, yeah. you know? Right. Um, and we had kind of talked about this at Inseca about doing like consultations and stuff and how I, I, and like, I still haven't done it, but I want to do a, just like a video that just covers it. Because literally every single consultation, I do the exact same tutorial every single time. Yeah. yeah. Every single time I can be like, I could, I could do it with my eyes closed, not even watching them and be like, this is what you're doing wrong. Yeah. Because everybody learns the same way. Right. And like pretty much, um, unless they've taught themselves. And, um, and so it's just like, <laughs> I don't know what else to tell you, buddy. Like, yeah, I feel that. Like, sometimes you just, you hit the same issue so many times that you're just kind of like, <laughs> do, do I want to talk about this again? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. But I guess also that's kind of what teaching in the real world is. Like, teaching yeah. in person is basically. Yeah. Well, and also it's like, if you post the same video essentially twice, does anybody even notice? You know, I don't think so. I think we're so invested in our own thing that you're like, I already posted this pot with this glaze comp. I think of that I'm like, I posted this glaze combination in the last like 10 posts. Can I stay away from that glaze combo? So the, it's not the same thing, but it's like, yeah. eh, nobody's going to notice. Like, I, don't know. I mean, I've had people even reach out to me and just say like, hey, you're doing too much work. Why don't you just repost your old content? Like, we would watch it. Like, pull your video from two years ago and, like, put that out again. Yeah. And um, I'm happy to hear that from other people that are not, like, you know, like, if the viewers are saying, like, that's what we want to see, then I'm like, oh, okay, maybe I can do that. Maybe that's not a bad, like. Yeah. I think Instagram might throttle it a little bit because I've accidentally done that. Oh. And I think Instagram has some kind of identification with the video content i don't know if no. i don't know if behind the scenes they visually check it or if they're i, I think there might be there might I be like a video it. identifier id yeah yeah yeah. and it's like this post is this video that's identified with this file that's in our system mm. so like there's something that they know because i've accidentally done that and it's not the whole compiled clip. Yes. It's like the video from my phone that uh, I've, I've put up. Yeah. Um, and it's not even like a photo. A photo would be easier because it's just like one photo. Right. But it was like a video and I snipped it up and stuff. Maybe I put different audio on it, but it didn't do as well. And I yeah, think yeah. it was throttled a little bit. I don't know it necessarily was because people saw it and they were like, I already saw this, so I'm not going to like it because mm -hmm. old news. But I think there's something in that so that you're not like recycling old stuff over and over and yeah. over. Yeah. But that's just a theory I have 
because I accidentally did it once or twice. Well, I think about I I when I started like posting videos recently and like getting more people things. Um, I I was like looking at all of these videos that I like to watch, and it's like very specifically this one lady that does cleaning videos, and she's like must be the richest human being in the world, but like. She does the same goddamn thing for like every video. It's just like she refills her ice cube tray. Oh my god, I watch her too. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, she refills her ice cube tray freezer and like she does that like once every two weeks or once a week. And people eat it up and it's the What's same that got to do goddamn with cleaning? thing. What? What's that got to do with cleaning? Uh she I don't know. Well it's like refreshing. Yeah, it's like more organization, I suppose. Yeah. But but it's like, okay, so could I just throw the same pot every week? And would people still like it every week? Because I'm like, well, I throw 100 pots or what now? I now only throw 25, but 25 a day. But it's the same thing that I'm throwing yesterday as I am today and as I am tomorrow. So, like, is that still interesting? I mean, there's a way that you could probably do it. Like, you could do it like pot a day or pot thoughts or something and each day you throw a different thing it's like different videos but it's like you show yourself throwing the thing and you just have your thoughts for the day like back of thoughts for the day and like people would listen to that for your thoughts even you know though you're be great is thing. that i could use the exact same video i quite no, literally could you get throttled facebook would shit on you if you did that or Instagram would shit on you. Well, I'd probably think it's the same video because my hands do the exact same goddamn no, thing. No, no, no. I'm yeah, saying... The, the data won't read the same. Okay, yeah. so... You would actually need to... I mean, you could record yourself in one day throwing the same pot 25 times, mm-hmm. but you'd have to do it in different videos. Mm-hmm. So well, it I'll is just, unique. I'll just take a video of the video every day, and no. the quality will get less and less <laughs> every time. <laughs> You know, you need to like, or you like, is a joking way, you like change the material. So you like gradually start throwing with like cream cheese or something. Or you like, you like start throwing with like random shit that's just hilarious. People think they're looking at the same thing, but it's not the same thing. I don't know. I'm just thinking of like clever ways you can like change things up. Just for... I've stopped trying to change. Ch- I've stopped trying to actually make myself famous the only reason i want to make myself famous is so i can earn forty thousand dollars a year that's it that's all i want and then i'm like why don't you just go work for an insurance company (laughs) yeah you can do that i think about that a lot i know right every day (laughs) (laughs) yep you know what? Actually, I just started playing bingo on my phone because you can earn $80 a game if you, yeah, if you get really good and you can start for free. So I'm starting off and I'm getting my <laughs> bingo fingers on. Only takes two minutes a game. I've already got, wait, I'll let you know. I've got $2 and... And how long have you been playing bingo to get that two dollars? Two dollars and sixty cents. 
And I feel like it's gambling in some way. Like it sounds, I mean, you're not putting in any money, but for some reason I'm like, this is borderline. You probably are putting in money. I'm sure you're getting served ads. So you're, you're putting in money in that aspect. Probably you're making them money by playing. You're making them money, but no, there's no ads. There's just these pop-ups that try to make you pay. That's an ad. (laughs) No, they're the pop-ups that are like. Yeah, it's an annoyance thing so that you pay it so you don't have to get the ads anymore. You get the ad-free no, version. No, I think you would still get it if because it's like, here, buy these, and it's only $25. Yep. And I just exit out of them. Now, I will say that I did pay five whole dollars. There you because go. How many I people wanted... just pay $5? I mean, that's how they're paying their jackpots out, Becca. There you go. I know. But I didn't. I'm not doing it anymore. I just wanted to see if that gave me a better odds of winning. Um. It does not. I lost <laughs> all of that money, and <laughs> and then I went to find another game thing. This is how I'm going to become rich, you guys. This is pocket games. You just need to create a game that does that, and then you make all the money. Yeah. What I need is for you to create a program that allows me to win every game. I'm good. Ryan. That seems illegal. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> It'd be wrong. But this one has bubble buds. See, look at how many games you can play. Oh, yeah. I'm sure they're all, there's certain ones that have ads and make their money. And that's how I'm going to become rich. And they're probably all part of these same huge entities that make all the games. And then they're all making all the money off the ads. I know. Uh, That one I have $1.10. I did not pay any money for that $1.10, though. Mm. I want it. just in the wrong industry. Yeah, clearly. I mean, he's a millionaire. <laughs> millionaire. I mean, those wrong. those mobile app developers do not get paid pennies. They get paid pretty good. Yeah, I will say, though, the more that I was playing this do- this bingo game, I was like, I get this. It was actually fun to kind of, like, learn the strategy. That's the but... point. That's how they hook you, Becca. Oh, I know. I'm a fucking gambler. They're, I they're can't baiting, go, they're baiting I can't you. They're go like, into they're a like, casino without leaving my wallet in the car. And then you got <laughs> that word. Episode, they're like, we got her. This episode has to be titled, like, um, Five Lines Pottery and Her Bingo Addiction. Like, <laughs> <laughs> this is about you. I'm just talking. This is not. No, this is an intervention. It's about you now. <laughs> I'm <worried>. <laughs> <laughs> It's only been two days. What can I say? And I haven't gotten on it today at all. So okay, all right. I mean, okay. I'm surrounded by children right now. I don't have enough time. I'm like yelling at them to stop. Get you know, like you just I need to be like, I gotta go work, everybody. And you just yeah, go in the game. You just play bingo. You're working. Bingo. The amount of things that have gotten stolen out of this van in the last three days by a one and a half year old is <laughs> unbelievable. Okay? How did they even get like, up into the van? Oh, she can get here, and she can get on this table, and she can annoy Babs all the time. She can get off the table by herself, too. Oh, my gosh. So, so Hope. Yes. We'll probably wrap this up. If you had to teach, not in a school, and you got to choose, like, a level of teaching, would you Uh teach beginner, intermediate, advanced? Is there, like, a, a level that you would prefer to teach? I would probably teach beginner. Really? Yeah. Why is that? I think beginning is just so fun. And particularly on the wheel, it's like a little chaotic. And I kind of love that. Um, Like there's such a, 
and I think too, maybe the reason I say beginner as well is because like, there is a moment when a kid figures out how to center and they get it. And it is just like, I, I love that moment. And I love that I get to see it happen so often with what I do for a job. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's like that time when you have a kid that has just worked so hard on this and they, they are like, you know, about to quit the wheel because they think centering is just the end of the world. And then it clicks and it's like, sometimes they'll say something, sometimes they won't. But my favorite is when they don't say anything and I just look over and I can see just like that pure, like they, they're into it now, you know, like mm-hmm. they bought in, they have, they are invested now emotionally. It's in their this. bingo. Finally, yeah. Yeah. Their bingo. Exactly. <laughs> they're hooked. <laughs> they're hooked. And then you just give them more clay and just try to keep them addicted. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to remember. I think I was like, you're uh, like, as a kid, you're almost a little stubborn of like, I don't want help. Mm-hmm. So it's almost good in that aspect where you're not, where a lot of adults are like, Hey, this thing happened. How do I fix this? Yeah. And they're like, they want the, the troubleshooting and they want you to fix it. Yeah. And you're like, you're already too far gone. Like it's off center. You're pulling, you can't get it back. Yep. to a workable state so it's like the almost yeah. there's stubbornness they're like I don't want help I'll figure it out yeah I mean I think the number one thing I learned as a teacher was instead of walking over and saying you know hey let's try this instead I'll walk over and they'll I'm say hey like how's it going and they'll tell me what's going on I say awesome like do you want some input or do you want to just keep going for it and um usually they'll just want to keep going for it and I think that there's yeah. so much I think teachers naturally want to help a lot, but there's like so much that you can learn from when a student, adult or a kid expresses like, just leave me be for a little bit. Like, I'm just going to sit with this. And like, there's so Mm -hmm. much learning that can happen there. Yeah, for sure. Also in that time box, like 45 minutes, 50 minutes, like what is retained in that time if you troubleshoot it and fix it in that moment for them? And the, the medium is so repetitive like you need the repetitions to get better at it so figuring out on your own is almost like you're gonna you're gonna lock that away much better than being told yeah the first time I wrote my plans for um for my first time teaching because I finally had to write lesson plans I never had to write them before I wrote out like a guideline for the term or whatever and for my throwing kids we had four classes a week and we had 12 weeks in the trimester because we have a trimester system. Um, and I had them make a hundred pots by the end of that time frame. And a lot of teachers were like, that's a ton of pots given like the actual amount of time that you have. And I was like, but the only way you get better is if you make more of them. And the, at yeah. least in the beginning, like the only way that you show real progress is if you are making and making and making and making. Does that mean and they had to finish a hundred or just... They had to like, throw 100. Make 100, um, okay. They yeah. didn't end up, I let them pick to finish however many they wanted to. And a lot of them actually kept more of them and then would come back throughout the year and like paint them whenever they had like a free period or whatever, which was really fun to see. Um, but then too, it's like, you know, then they learned like, oh, well, if I make 100 of these, like I don't have to keep all of these. And so then we learned about reclaiming them and like dealing with like, you don't, you shouldn't get attached to a pot because you have yeah. so many, like, don't get attached to this. If you don't like it, toss it, recycle it, make something new. Yeah, for sure. Look at you. That's tell, a good goal, I feel tell like. Tell all your teacher friends to just listen to the last five minutes of this episode. 
<laughs> That's when when this goes up, I'll just share like don't listen to the rest of it, guys. Just the last five minutes. Last five. Only... Start yeah. at bingo and go till the end. Start at bingo. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's great. Uh, All right. Hope. Thank you so much. This was a good yeah. time. People get a lot of value out of it. You're always very giving of your time and your the like patience you have to produce the content as well as reply to people. Thanks. Talk to them like with grace is very admirable. So And like, I told you this at Ensika, but I'll tell you again. We see you and we know that you're answering all the dumb questions and we thank you for it. Well, I am glad. Um, I feel like after this episode, though, I'm going to get hit with a lot more. So I'm somewhat patient, but, you know, I have an FAQ highlight. So if you're listening to this and you have a question. Check <laughs> out listen. the FAQs. Check out the FAQs or check out the guides tab. It looks like a little book. It's great. There's so much content for you. Free. Yeah, we're not even going to tell them your Instagram handle so they can't even find you. Yeah, good luck guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do have one fun question that I was wondering. Yeah. Do you have a favorite nail polish color? Uh, yes, blue. Um, just blue? You just go to the store well, and you say, I'm looking for blue. Oh, gosh, no. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I like, it's kind of, I'll describe it. So just, oh, wait, where's the camera? There we go. Um, like a turquoise light blue is my favorite. Um, or cozy light blue. That okay. looks like yeah. the blue from Mario, the sky blue from Mario. Yes. Yeah, I would say that's pretty close. Kind of sky blue, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I like this, and then I like, there's this one really pretty pink that I like from some local woman that makes nail polishes. Um, gosh, the name's slipping me right now, but it's just like the most beautiful pink because it's got like blue undertones. Nice. Good color. Good shit. Yeah. How much shit do you get from people that say something about your nail polish? Is this gonna be an another podcast episode? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should leave on a negative note. <laughs> I get so no. Here's the deal. It's probably just about, like one person or like five people or something that say so. I get a lot of comments and messages about it, and yeah. um, yeah. Oh it's a much weirder thing than I ever thought it could be. But I was telling yeah. my mom this the other day, like, um, you know, I, I like most people was bullied in middle school a little bit. And all I can think is like, man, if like middle school hope knew that the only thing people would like be mad about now is my nails, she'd be like high-fiving me left and right. Like you have made it. That's right. the only thing people have to say about you is like, you shouldn't have brightly colored nails when great. Oh, cool. I'll take it. Great. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, fuck them. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if there's like a way that you could like like make a pot without showing your nail nails at all. Just for the hilarious hilarity of it. I've thought about you can use those little sensor stickers and I've thought about sticking the little sensor bars on my fingers. Oh. It's less distracting because where it looks like, like the wait, like where it looks like, like the a little stuff. pixelated. Right. Yes. Yeah. I thought about doing that. Oh, I think so you should do that are... for one post at least. Ooh. I think so. But I think this is the one that's really going to get people. Um, My husband has bought some fake nails. And so <gasps> we're just going to 
plop those on there and oh, um, great. let him make some pots because. Yes. And also maybe you it. should like reach out to, I don't know, uh, a nail company and get sponsored by them. That is like my, my greatest achievement in life would be to get to name a nail polish. Oh, <laughs> just want to so bad. Yeah. That's probably in the cards. Like, I, there's tons of nail polish companies out there. I can't name, but maybe two. I don't know. But yeah, I, I mean, mean, I feel like it could happen. I just, I would like, I would die. <laughs> maybe there's a small local place to you that, like the one you said. Yeah, I just, but I also thought it's like kind of weird to approach someone and be like, I have a, mar- I have a very niche market of nail polish enthusiast potters. <laughs> Interested? <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah, man. whenever I have nice nails, it's all the comments. It's crazy. It's so, like, I wonder where that, well, I guess I know where it comes from. It's just, like, historically, like, potters have yeah. short nails. That's just. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, how do you even do this with those nails? It's like, you almost need to do, like, ridiculous sized ones. Just, I don't they, know. I just think of, like, hilarious, like, funny angles to things to, like, yeah. just. Yeah. I mean, I think I just like the comment the most when they're like, how did you even, like, you can't make pots with those nails, and it's on a video of me making a pot, and I just am like, did you even watch? Like, did you, like... (laughs) What is this comment for? (laughs) What else am I to do? I showed you the footage. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. But I think, I think my husband's nails will, um... Oh, that's going to be great. I hope one of them falls off during the thing. I just am so excited for the audio because, like, (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Great. One snaps off and gets caught in the pot, and you just see it spinning around, (laughs) and it's, like, brightly colored. It's just going to keep spinning, and he's going to be like, uh, uh. That's going to be. That'll be it. It's going to be great. It's going to be some of his best work. We actually, we wanted to do it a while ago, but then he switched jobs and he was like, I don't want like my coworkers first impression to like find this video on the internet of that's hilarious. Know, me doing that. But now he's much more comfortable. So I think he's like, yeah. Okay. Okay. So wait, I just know him as non-potter husband. What is his name? Um, Not his full I... name, just, or maybe you don't want to say his name. <laughs> I, I will tell you if you cut it from the... Anonymous. Okay, don't say it, because yeah. we're not going to cut it. <laughs> <laughs> Can you put a censor word over it? Oh. No. Nope. She's not going to do that. I'm yeah, I do just... Um, like a beep. <laughs> but we'll I'm stop recording, you... and then you can tell us. Oh, yeah, I'll tell you I after. I feel like I talked it's... to you at Insika and you might have said it, but I can't remember. I probably did. I mean, he just doesn't... Um, I don't know. He doesn't want to be on the internet to the extent that I'm on the internet. So. I get it. Yeah, That's I get it. Totally I try my fair. best to. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Although, although, and I know he's going to listen to this podcast later. Um, I will say some of this has gone to his head a little bit, and he wants a face reveal, but like a really like elaborate. Oh. Like, he's like, I should be sponsored for that, and I was like. <laughs> no, you can't have a face reveal. That's the that's the best part about it that nobody knows that's... what it looks like. That's kind of, yeah, that's what I think, too. I'm like, it's supposed to remain a mystery, but. Um, oh, I, I think there's like a, you could probably do like a sponsored tool thing and you like cover up part of his face so that you're like oh, slowly revealing oh, it as like, like the, the tools get shared. Yeah. You're like, this is the, I don't know. Well, I think we could do like, um, gosh, what was it? Tim Allen and the, yep. the neighbor. Wilson? 
Yeah. Wilson. Yeah. No. Is it? Yeah. Wilson, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Where we maybe just do like, you know, the fence. Like that. Yeah. Put a bat in front of him. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Or like a luminary. Okay. Like you put the, lu- like you make a luminary mask or something. Oh, that's kind of scary. <laughs> that like would just cover this part of his face. He told me he was like, he's like, if Diamond Core approaches me to do a demo next year then maybe i'll do it in like a helmet or something like that and i was like hmm. i saw that i saw a post today it was like somebody won the lottery and they were wearing a screen mask <laughs> so their their relatives didn't know they were okay oh, for to sure. be fair though do that. i would totally do that too that's legit like i get like it. lottery winners are the most targeted people for like identity theft yeah. Like, I could see it. They just won tons of money. Yeah. So okay. when you do bingo, wear a mask. Oh, I will. <laughs> I will. I'm already blowing my cover. Um so where can people find you? Um, you can find me on Instagram at Lemansky Studios. Should I spell it? I should probably spell it. L-I-M-Y-A-N-S-K-Y and then studios. I'm also on YouTube now and TikTok begrudgingly um and on etsy all of them at the same so you don't have a personal website as well it's just the etsy i do have a personal website um i have not started selling on it yet but i have purchased the domain and it is technically linked in my profile now too so you could go there to sign up for my newsletter which i have never sent out but it's available now doesn't hurt to capture the capture the people i'm trying old forge scared me so here we are (laughs) Thank you so much, Joe. Yeah, thanks, Joe. All right. Uh, we're going to say goodbye, but don't leave so we can find Thank out. Thank you so in. much. Cool. Thank you. Thanks, everybody, Thank for listening. You. Okay, bye. 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 Yo, yo, higgity, yo. It's Becca here. Hey, just so you know, thank you for listening. And also, we have... What do we have again? A Patreon. A Patreon. We have a Patreon. That you should go, and if you want to donate to you could donate to it. If you don't, that's cool, too. But um, just Google Wheel Talk Podcast Patreon. Don't do the other one, because uh, there is a Wheel Talk on Patreon, but it's not us. So make sure you get the right one. It's and in the show notes. It's in the show notes. And also, um, leave us a review, because they're fun to read. Okay, bye!